Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. Thanks for dropping by my weekly workshop, coming to you from the frozen tundra that is East Central Alberta, Canada. For those new arrivals to our community, the weekly workshop features a compilation of my content from the last seven days, including, but not limited to, inspiration for would-be side hustlers and full-time giggers, tool and gear reviews, and finding financial and lifestyle freedom through entrepreneurship. And also, if you prefer your content of the video variety, you can find it all at toolmantim.co. Thanks for taking the time to have a listen, and with that, let's dive into this week's edition of the Weekly Workshop. Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. Welcome back to the workshop where we build business, create community, find freedom, and share success. It's Sunday night, which means it's time for another edition of Talking Tools, and it is absolutely a special edition this week. I, put, I pulled out all the stops, and it was time to get the most special guest that I could get, and that is my beautiful better half. This is Becky. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided we've been, I've been beaten back and forth. We took a long drive yesterday, and I've been trying, I, I had been trying to come up with a topic to talk about, and I really wanted to get into food storage. So I thought, hey, what better expert to talk about food storage than the lady who has helped feed our kids for two decades now. And uh, it was actually her idea to come on and talk about food storage, short-term, long-term, and a ton of different tips on how we save money, how we store food, and the whole works. So, hey, who do we got? Oh, <laughs> and there's Charlotte. Speaking of kids who get food, hey. So, hi, Charlotte, and how's everybody doing out there? All right, so I figured all of this really had its genesis, um, I don't know, maybe three, four weeks ago. We went through Walmart the other day, and what did the cashier say to us? Oh, we she asked us if we were a catering company. Yeah, because, I mean, we went through and we did what we normally do. We went through and bought our groceries, but apparently what we buy for groceries looked rather weird to the lady there. And why was that? What were we buying? Uh, coffee, pop... Yeah wasn't just coffee. Uh, it was um, six pounds of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And a uh, couple, uh, couple of cans of soup. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Was, we had how many cases? Probably about three cases, maybe about four, 30 or 40 cans. Yeah. Soup, I, yeah. yeah. At least. And uh, pop, we bought half dozen cases of each. So yeah. So yeah. it's about 18 cases. Yeah. yeah. So we had, yeah. So basically the whole idea was she looked at us and thought we were rather strange because Unlike the normal average Joe who goes through and buys, you know, uh, two heads of lettuce and, you know, two of absolutely everything they're going to need to feed themselves for the next week. We're at the point now where we stock enough stuff that we really only buy the sales, right, babe? Yeah. And so when we go, we can buy in bulk, which we love. <laughs> so, hey, Joseph, how are you? Hey, uh, hearing us good. It's it's a long distance uh, phone call here all the way down to Oklahoma. So <laughs> I got the missus with me tonight. But yeah, so we, you know, like I said, what better expert to bring on than my wife, because we have been through a lot over the years. And you know, things are a lot better now than they used to be. But for at least, well, I mean, longer than even just being out here, but for at least the first 10 years of our married life, you know, we had what every months on end, didn't we? I'd say probably even 
like we were in the negative. Of yeah, the dollars. honestly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ted, how are you? But yeah, so like, yeah, we were, weren't we? Like yeah. we, we would sit down. Of course, the kids never knew this, but we would sit and we would look and we would forecast out for like eight or 10 paychecks at a time. And we're like, OK, so if we buy just the bare minimum of groceries and milk and everything else for the next eight weeks, we, you know, we had the rug pulled out under us. And the only thing that got us by, and literally the only thing that kept us from going to the food bank was the fact that we prepared enough food on our own. We stocked up enough food on our own and, you know, it was, it was tough, but we, you know, we, we managed to get by sometimes, didn't we? Did. Yeah. And, and plus pride gets in the way too, because you never want to go to a food bank. Well, you absolutely have to. It's true. Yeah. yeah you know, so exactly. So maybe, yeah. maybe pride was a big part of, you know, wanting to make sure that we could always provide for our kids and always have enough food on hand was simply because we're like, uh, you know, uh, having buffering problems, Ted, on your end, or is it better now? Anybody just let me know. But yeah, just let me know if it is. And if, if there's any issues, hopefully it'll clear up in the recording, but it, it seems I'm getting everything picking up on my end pretty good. Everybody's comments are coming through. Looks like maybe we're all right. But yeah, so I guess when we first started, you know, one of the first tips we found when we wanted to start stocking up was if you're going to buy a bunch of stuff. Oh, hey, hey, yes. Yeah, see, there we are. <laughs> hey, Happy Hills. That's uh, the Lots Project as well. So, yeah, yeah we, we watched your video last night on uh, off grid uh, um washer and dryer, uh, washing clothes. So that was, yeah, I, I love that video. I, it gave me sore shoulders just thinking about it, but you know, it was, that was a thing that, you know, we, thank God we never had to do that kind of stuff, but you know, we made our own homemade laundry soap, whole bunch of stuff. So yeah. So back to this, we, first off, we had to have a spot to put it and it didn't matter. You know, when we were first married, we had, we moved around a fair bit, didn't we? Probably every two or three years, just for whatever reason, you guys know how it is. And whenever we moved into a new place, we always made sure we had a somewhere to store things, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So whether it was the laundry room where I had a nice big shelf above all the laundry stuff to keep all your laundry soap, right, babe? Yeah. <laughs> or whether it was, uh, you know, uh, down in the big old house we had, we had a uh, cupboard just for what'd you keep in there that the kids made fun of us for all the time. We had toilet paper. Oh, my toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we would always make sure, you know, we'd always make sure that we had well, enough toilet paper too, because there's nothing worse than running short on uh, butt fluff or shit tickets, is there? You know? <laughs> so I guess where to start? If you're very first getting started in stocking away extra food, and you know, this went back to before we were even married. We both, you know, we were both passionate about, I don't even know if we'd call it preparedness, but you were passionate about looking after yourself and I was passionate about looking after myself and yeah, the shit tickets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was Becky's dad's favorite name for it, but yeah, uh, yeah wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had a good sense of humor. God rest his soul. But yeah. So anyway, we both came from, you know, uh, different backgrounds, different things, but we both were always independent and tried to learn how to take care of ourselves. Didn't we? Yeah. It was. Yeah. And uh, who would have thought that toilet paper would be worth something? Yeah, it was damn near currency last year, wasn't it? And I will tell you, this is not a word of a lie. We'll get into this later on. But we just finished up with some of the toilet paper that we had from before COVID started. So we, we usually tried to, to keep enough on hand for a year, year and a half, don't we? Yeah. And so, yeah, 
but we never the it was never an issue for us we had family members who needed to borrow or or not borrow but we were gladly give them some so <laughs> we don't need it back no no, no we don't want <laughs> please don't return it when you borrow toilet paper. That's important. So, <laughs> so yeah. So like I said, when, when you get started, we all, you know, we brought different stuff to the game when we got married and, you know, everybody has to start somewhere. And a lot of new people who are into preparedness or new, new family, anything, everybody thinks, well, I need 90 days or 180 days worth of food to have on hand. But, but no, you really don't baby steps, right, babe? Yes. Yes. So you start somewhere, start small. And, you know, if, what did we used to do with toilet paper? Well, every time, like when you make your grocery list, just because you have a pack, it doesn't like, you don't remove it from your grocery list. You just keep it on there and you budget for that anyway, because regardless it's in your budget and it's already on your list. So it really costs you no extra, no extra. Yeah. Because no. you always budget for a package of toilet paper and, uh, Hi, Pappy. So let's see. Said just live through and still in Ida recovery. Food check. Oh, food check. Water wasn't enough. Triple water rations without power in the humidity down here. Oh, my goodness. I always let's bring I always tried to be stocked up. But when I married and she brought two extra people, <laughs> it turned into a must. Yep. That's actually kind of similar to us, isn't it? We, yep. we have really. Yeah. You just all of a sudden you're like, oh my, well, we had twins. So we went from three kids who were just ready to be independent to two more babies along the way. So then it was stock up formula and stock up diapers and baby wipes, <laughs> oh, and baby food, make and our own baby food. Yeah. Yes. Making our own baby food. Yeah. Yeah. We, that was, I never even put that in the notes, but uh, <laughs> literally, yes. You know, making, we used to puree the food and then put it, uh, whatever we were eating, we'd puree, we'd put it in ice cube trays, right? Yes. Babe? And then, and then what would you do it. with it? You freeze it and then you put it into freezer bags yeah big ziploc freezer yep. bags that's and our absolute favorite every ice cube is a portion yeah and yep. then and it worked and it allowed us to not have to keep special food on hand for the kids and they basically ate what we ate didn't they yep. except it was pureed you know it, it was like if you're recovering from surgery or somebody punched all your teeth out you pretty much had to eat it that way well and if you're ever in a desperate situation you could eat it too <laughs> i never thought of that but that is true <laughs> i used to eat baby food in high school i liked yeah. it for some weird reason so I did that. I'm not, I'm glad I'm not crazy. Which, uh, I got to ask Hunter, which part was that? The baby food tip is fantastic. Yeah. So it, you know what? Let's, we'll talk about it for a minute. It was, yep. it was awesome. Like we did it with what baby? We did chicken and turkey. Uh, roast beef. Um, any, like any type of berries or fruit, like apples, pears, peaches, squash, squash. Uh, I did turn up. What was it that turned Allie's face? orange it was the squash, squash. and the carrots little alice loves squash yeah. so much that her face literally actually turned orange from so eating so much of it not because it stained her skin but because you know too so. much beta carotene yeah <laughs> and i you know of course we're good at over prepping but we ended up i think we ended up you know either composting a lot of that at the end because we just we made so much because when when you have babies and twins especially You'd rather have too much than not enough. And it can, you know, it definitely can wear you out, can it? Oh, it does, yes. <laughs> but, you know, love my can opener, Tim. Exactly the same as my old one. Yeah, so uh, I think Ted's probably talking about the Easy Does It, I'm sure. And they are awesome. Uh, if I think of it, because we're talking about food storage and cans, I will try. Yeah, see, my baby was eating steak. So yep. was ours. People always say, oh, I need to have all the special food. No, no, just... You know, as long as you don't cook it with a whole lot of spice, right, baby? No, and I used to make just a, a bland gravy, mix it with the gravy instead of water, and they enjoyed it more. Oh, look at this one. 
So, Pappy, I don't know you right off. I should, and um, but it says, thanks to your reviews, we have multiple Furman generators in our family. Multi-fuel options are awesome. That gives me cold chills. Thank you. That is friggin' awesome. I love hearing <laughs> that. Uh, introduce yourself, too. I would love to know exactly where you're from, or at least the general area, and kind of how you found out about us. But, yeah. Um, yeah, had the original. Yes, and it is awfully hard, Ted, isn't it, to find a Made in America product uh, that's reasonable uh, inexpensive and would probably last the absolute, you know, every right, right to the end of the earth. It'll last like they are good, but yeah. So, all right. So we talked about the importance of having a space to store it. Um, I know we'll be all over the place tonight because we love telling stories, but you know, talk about the importance of having a place to store it because what we found was if you came home and your freezer was already full, well, all of a sudden you had to make some bad decisions like okay i need to make room in my freezer we need to throw something out but if you know how much room you have beforehand or you make extra room for it you're not going to waste money and you're not going to waste as much food are you babe no yeah so it it definitely you know make sure you have a space to start with and then uh, like i said it helped us avoid uh storage uh shortages and so yeah we were we'll backtrack a little bit we're back to kind of talking about just getting started and for anybody who happens to be listening to this, say on the replay or somebody that's just new and saw that they're like, oh yeah, food storage is important. Like I said, baby steps. Like what about Bob? Baby steps out the door. If you guys remember that ancient uh, movie from what, the late eighties, early nineties with uh, Bill Murray. Anyway, everything's baby steps. So start small. You know, you don't need 180 days of shelf stable food with MREs. All you need is just, you know, when you go to the grocery store, if you're going to buy one can of meatballs, buy two cans of meatballs and do that every week. You know, buy one extra can of each item you're looking at buying and um, it will absolutely get you started with a stockpile. What about Bob's Fintech? Yes, it is. And thank you, Ted. I, I, you, This camera was literally one that I bought just before I was going on uh, the Survival Podcast this last time. I thought we were going to do a live interview I ran down to my local computer shop and just picked this up. It wasn't super expensive, but with this back black backdrop, it really makes the picture crisp. But yeah, so when we, you know, once we kind of came into our own a little bit, I was working at the hardware store for a while. Uh, food preservation became pretty big for us, didn't it, hon? Yeah. And we tried, you know, because if, if you don't preserve things properly, then it doesn't matter how much money you throw at food unless you're buying, you know, a literal pallet load of freeze dried uh, mountain house food from Costco. If you don't have a way to preserve the food, you're, you're absolutely in trouble. So real quick, Pappy says, uh, Southwest Florida. Hey, Ted must be a neighbor of yours. <laughs> oh, uh, West feature, uh, West New Orleans and did a YouTube generator search and poof, there you were. Well, <laughs> I'm glad my, uh, I bet you, you found the one without my picture on the thumbnail. Cause if you'd have seen the one with my picture, it would have scared you away. So, um, but yeah, so we got into um, knowing how to preserve food and I listed a bunch of different ones that we did. And you, you remember hun, when I uh, um, air dried the apples? Yes. Yeah, we had them. So when I was a little kid, my grandmother, uh, she had a two story house and it was like one of them old houses that had the attic just off the main upstairs, real tiny, barely tall enough for me to stand in. And she used to, yes. So <laughs> that, it, you know what, let's let, before I go into any of that, let's talk about this because this is important. So Hunter, babe, he says, yeah. uh, what about people on a budget? It's super hard to get any extra pennies when they actually count any tips on that. So 
literally for years, this was a hundred percent us, wasn't it? And it still is, but it was. And Hunter, we were on uh, like an incredibly tight budget. We basically like our biweekly pay, like if it covered our power bill, it was, we, we were s- such on a tight budget and with, with going to the, with trying to make your, uh, your budget without breaking the bank is uh, there's always the clearance section. That was huge for us. And we would, I, I would literally joke with, with mama here <laughs> that she has a built in, uh, what do no, I call it? No, he follows behind me and he makes beeping noises. <laughs> like it's a radar for the clearance section. Yes. I'm like, beep, beep, <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Look, honey, there's a clearance. But I joke, but it's, she literally, yes. So, but it it is, it is true though. Cause uh, when you have, when you're on a very, very tight budget, even with buying clothing and you can clothe three kids and you can go to Walmart and find t-shirts for a dollar a piece. I always would buy two or three sizes above so that those shirts would last for a couple of years, hopefully, unless they have like a huge growth spurt. But if they did, then it would go down to the next child. But even with uh, like our, like the bakery, if you hit the bakery at a large grocery store, usually on a Sunday night, you can get uh, pastries and breads that are like 50% off and throwing those in the freezer. It doesn't hurt anything at all. And then you get <laughs> canned garbar- gar- garbanzo beans. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they're not too enjoyable. But and then, but like also too, if um, you can always check. And, and I know in the states, you guys have a way, way better selection down in your dollar stores when it comes oh, yes. to like foods. I know when we went to Vegas, the dollar store in Vegas was incredible. Um, but like our dollar stores up here, you can stock up on canned items. We also have a store up the road. It's the bargain shop. They call it the Red Apple. And you can sometimes get things like right now they have uh, a four liter thing of vinegar for 99 cents. In Freedom Units, that's one gallon. <laughs> yeah. So and so basically, it, it's just basically knowing when to shop. And I we always found that um, the Friday before a long weekend, if the Monday is a holiday and they're going to be closed a lot of stores will clear out their meat freezers because they, especially if the store is closed, they don't want to keep the meat on any longer than they have to. So you go in and you'll see a whole slew of 50% off stickers and it's not even close to the date. They just, they just stock up fresh on Tuesday and the same with the produce and same with the bakery. So those are the best times to stock up when you like, especially before long weekends, holidays, Christmas holidays are the best time too. And uh happy Hill says, uh, heavy harvest times at the farmer's market, great buy, great to buy extra at low cost and then preserve. So we, yeah, I literally, I, Hunter, I'm glad you asked this because the very next section in our notes was 11 tips for saving money when buying food. <laughs> so, and yeah. guess what? Uh, we literally right down here, third from the bottom, buy direct from farmers and buy big. So you are absolutely right. We, now, I will say this was easier on the East Coast, wasn't it? It was. it was. And actually, and if you go up to even some farmers who don't even sell or have nothing and you notice that they have an overabundance of something, like say they have a whole bunch of apple trees, you can it's nothing to go knock on their door and ask them, say, hey, do you mind if I pick a, a bag of apples? And most of them don't even know that 
like like they won't even miss it because a lot of them just let the apples fall and then they use it for their livestock or their chickens or anything and it won't even bother them and you can also go and knock on their door and say hey you know uh do you have an extra like are you selling any pigs or are you selling any cows and and sometimes you know like if you just like uh you know, just ring their bell a little bit. It like they'll clue in and be like, "Hey, yeah, actually, you know, I was going to. Maybe if you'd like to buy some, I can give you a good price for it." And, and the farmers are really good for that. Relationships are important, aren't they? Yes. So, quick story. You guys will like this one. A um, couple days, uh, two weeks ago, I I cut lawn for a guy who's a local butcher here. Incredible dude. And we were on the list for a side of beef. And he's like, Tim, you still want a side of beef? I'm like, well, I would love one. And he's like, well, I've got one that's been in the freezer for about three months now. Nothing wrong with it at all. But the customer just hasn't shown up yet. And he said, how does half price sound on that? And I said, that sounds like I'll be over tomorrow to pick it up. And so we literally just about filled our deep freeze again, because we're pretty heavy into keto and beef is important. So there's so many ways, isn't there? Like, we, we used to, on the East Coast, of course, there was um, a lot more uh, direct to farmer, a lot more produce was grown out there, even though we live on the prairies here now. So we, you know, over the years, of course, you develop contacts and you find, you know, certain times of the year that we can go buy the 50 pound bags of potatoes, right, babe? We used to put in an order for um, dirty potatoes, as they call them, storage potatoes. They'd be unwashed. And so it took us about four years of living on the prairies to start to find connections. But we have the Hutterites out here. Um, and if you guys don't know them, they're like German Amish that are use cell phones and cool people just, you know, so we were able to buy in bulk. We bought carrots a couple years ago, yeah. right? Bought about 50 pounds of carrots and we canned them. Uh, now uh, you need to have a pressure canner for this. And we'll talk about that a little bit if we don't run too long tonight. But, but that's uh, going back to with the heterites, we wouldn't even have known unless we had asked. Yeah, right. And I literally drove out there, didn't exactly. I? Exactly. And because yeah. a lot of farmers won't advertise. So you have to go out of your way and you do have to ask. And Ted wants to know what your YouTube channel is, Becky. I don't have one, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, but we may just have to have her start one eventually. But uh, so just uh, this winter, we're looking at creating a little more content. And we're thinking about doing a, either a second live stream or a second episode of the podcast where her and I talk about this kind of stuff quite often. And, uh, you know, if I can pull her away from the microphone once in a while, we might just try that. So, but yeah, so why don't we work through our tips? So the first one I had there, baby, was shop the sales. What does that mean? Well, like the clearance sales and uh, what it, it sounds foolish, but when if you're in a bigger center and you have access to a whole bunch of different flyers, um, what I used to do is read all the flyers and you always price compare. Um, and a lot of the stores will match the price. So if you're, if you're going to into one store, they will match the price from the other one. A lot, sometimes they don't, but sometimes they do. And always price shop and always compare. And, and especially when you're looking at and, and look, know your sizes too. Because a lot of stores will put something. We we found that out. Remember with um, it was the dollar store. Remember we were buying corn from the dollar store. And we thought we were getting the best deal out there. Right. And then we compare it to the size. And it was about two thirds. It right? was about two thirds of the size. And sometimes Walmart will do that as well. 
Yeah, they'll they get special items. Special yeah. items and they're special sizes and they're the and it kind of fools you because you think you're getting a good deal when you're actually not. They make the math hard to figure out because they're like, you know, up here everything's in milliliters, but they're like, Yeah, this is 284 milliliters for a dollar seventeen. And you're like, How do I even figure that out? You know? But yeah, but yes, yeah, we always shop the sales and with apps it's gotten easier too. Like yeah. we have what Rebe and uh I forget the other one right now. Flip, Rebe and Flip. So you can literally go through there and make your grocery list off the app, which has been good to us, right? And coupons are great too. And uh, yeah, so the next one was buy from the clearance section. And we literally were at Walmart yesterday and you know what? We didn't pick anything up, but we literally went by the clearance section because it was just there, didn't we? Yes. Nothing that we were after though. But you know, sometimes, sometimes you can find air. Costco will do the same thing just because it is Costco. (laughs) Are you, who has my notes? Somebody has my notes, Happy Hills, because that's literally down here further. (laughs) Costco for some stuff. That is very important, isn't it, baby? Yes, for some stuff. Now, and one of the big things, uh, I don't know if it's so much with, uh, like I I know with being a mom and shopping for us, I, it's just something in my brain. I always memorize the price of items. She does literally every, (laughs) I have, I have our time letting the prices go, but I find when you go into Costco and you look at like their canned items are, are definitely not a very good deal. Um, it seems like you're getting a good deal, but you're really not like, because just because you're getting a huge pack of it. And, but when like the tuna was awful, the, the oh, price yeah. comparison of the tuna and the baked beans and the alfagetti and all that, they were, they were not good in comparison to buying a single can from Walmart. Yeah. We like, we've probably been Costco shoppers for what, about five years, right, babe? Maybe oh, and I, and six. I love Costco. And we do, yeah. we spend a lot there, but we spend it on certain things. We buy yeah. the toilet paper, we buy laundry soap. Now we will say the other day we went to a Costco business center. And they sell literal like five gallon buckets of molasses. Like it was incredible. And we bought, we bought enough spices of a few things. We bought what? Garlic powder, chili powder. We bought a, uh, no, probably about a three gallon bucket of chicken base. So we're set until the apocalypse for spices for some things. And they were a good deal. But like we said, canned goods, I think are the worst deal at Costco. They, you look at those flat packs, you're like, well, that's not bad. Well, you know what? You can pick them up at Walmart on regular price, individual cans for that price. And when they're on sale, they're cheaper, aren't they, babe? They are. And I find sometimes Costco sales, like they're, they're there to get you in, but they're not, sometimes they're not the greatest. And Hunter says sizes are becoming a problem here in Dallas, Texas. The price doesn't change, but instead of six chicken breasts, there were only five. Inflation's getting real. And one thing that we found a couple of years ago, we quite often, we bought our chicken breasts at Walmart and they were always $10 a pack, weren't they, babe? They are. They're 11. Yes. So of course, um, our prices, our our sizes are in metric, but uh, so sorry about the kilograms, but it's just easier. But so they were a flat price of $10 a package and they would run between 0.8 of a kilogram and 1.2 kilograms. So we would always flip through the chickens to find the biggest packages. So we'd save our money. But then all of a sudden, one day we went in and they were $11. So now what they do is it's $11 individual, but if you buy two, it's $20. So we always bought two anyway. Didn't bother us. But for the poor person that only buys one package, well, there you go. It's not good, right? And I find all the weights are similar now. Oh, it's, yes. It's they're like much like some, they're on to us. <laughs> they, they, they're on to us, I'm sure. <laughs> we didn't put it on the internet. We didn't tell anybody. But uh, And yes, um, talking about saving money, Ted literally got a $279 Makita kit today for free. Uh, just a computer glitch where they 
It was an awesome. Anyway, it was really cool. <laughs> and yes, Ted, uh, shrinkflation. I'm going to put that comment up here in the live stream, guys, because it is true. Shrinkflation. I've never heard it called that before, but as soon as you put it up, I knew what it was. Do you remember when was the it? canned apple juice? Yes, it went yeah. from. Yeah, yeah. Clarence is my best friend at, at uh, all stores I visit. It's true. But yeah, the canned apple juice went from two liters to one point seven or whatever it was anyway yeah and the thing was all the companies did it at the same time there's no way yet yeah, ted is the king of finding crazy good deals i i wish he could figure out how to get the canadian thing to work for me but but yeah so you can't tell me there wasn't something some something going on because literally the store brand stuff and every one of the different brands of apple juice all shrunk at the same time, didn't they? And they're doing it with the cheese slices now too. Yes, yeah. It used to be 24, 24, now it's 22. 22, yep. And the so, price has gone up. Yeah, so. price goes up or even if it stays the same, it sucks, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, so we talked about clearance. We talked about beef, but you know, at one time, our literal deep freeze, there wouldn't be a package of meat in there if it didn't have a 30% off sticker, would there, babe? Nope, it, it all did. And I did find... Um, but the problem with that too is like you, we found the issue that we had, we would buy and buy and buy and buy. And then all of a sudden we realized that we'd had too much. And then we found out that we were throwing out more than what we were using because then it would get freezer burnt and it would be at the bottom of the freezer and, and it would never get so um, iced over. We couldn't even tell what it is sometimes. It, it is true. And since yep. we started buying from a local butcher, uh, the fact that it's wrapped in the freezer paper seems to have a longer shelf life, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, we noticed, and we and we came to the uh, taking it out and putting it in freezer bags, and yes, and uh, that that was worked out better for us, and it kept longer as well. Yeah, we do that. Hamburger's a big one. If you guys, this this is a tip I learned from her dad years ago. But um, if you buy hamburger in big packages, um, we would take sandwich bags, uh, Ziploc sandwich bags. And I always put a big ball of hamburger in there. And he's like, no, no, Tim, you're doing it wrong. Don't do it this way. Do it this way. And he was a chef. So I had to listen, but you put the one pound in the freezer bag or in the sandwich bag, and then you push it out. So it's flat, like a square fills the whole package. And it stacks nice. It too. stacks nice. You're evacuating all the air. It freezes and thaws quicker. And it was less prone to, um, freezer burn so he was a smart man i'm telling you and it was a great tip i loved it and we've done it ever since haven't we and it caught and it's uh, less chance the bag ripping yes and holes and everything yeah and you know what one thing a lot of people are really hot and horny about um the uh oh, the, the vacuum sealers and i i saved up my points when i worked from home we had these uh i forget what they were called but they were special points for sales so i ended up buying one with my points it was about 200 dollars for free and I like it, but we just, honestly, most of our stuff never stayed frozen long enough to justify the cost of the bags, did it, babe? No, the bags, well, it's kind of like when you're buying a printer. The ink is like three times what the printer Yeah, costs, and it right? gets expensive, so. you know? Mm. Pappy, you are right. So, quick story. Uh, my first job after I graduated university, I had the prestigious um, opportunity to work the night shift at a Dairy Queen. And we had a, um, a, there was a big push in my province where I grew up for uh, minimum wage to go up and you know what happened minimum wage would go up 10 or 15 cents an hour and every time minimum wage went up my bosses would come from out of town they're about an hour and a half away and they would show up early in the morning and they would raise every single menu item 10 to 15 cents every time that was more than the minimum wage went up it, it, it it's just a big cat and mouse game like whack-a-mole it doesn't work you know but 
Uh, so we talked about knowing the price, everything you literally, yes. yeah. Uh, shop from a list. We talked about that a little. Um, yeah. Always make a list. Uh, we, I always made my lists according to the flyer sales and based on what we need and don't ever, don't ever add to a list of things that you don't like, you're not going to eat just because it's on sale because there's no point. You might as well use the money for something that you're really going to need. And and one, one big thing you forgot to put is you never, ever shop when you're hungry. Oh, <laughs> I shouldn't never. do anything when I'm hungry. Don't be around <laughs> me when I'm hungry. Or, or either of us, right? But yes, yep. that is true. Never put that as a list. But if, if you are on a budget, the worst thing you can do is shop when you're hungry. Because yep. everything you see, well, we need that. And it, it'll be good. And it'll taste good. And we'll eat it right now, you know? So Well, yeah. Well, and mine is, oh, I'll just eat that in the car. Yes. I can eat that in the car. <laughs> so. so Hunter, yes, you're right. Says I use my vacuum sealer. I'm going to bring that one up here too, guys. I use my vacuum sealer for dry goods mostly. Thicker bags help with the rice. And you know what? So I'm going to talk about this a little later on too, but we've been lucky to have some, our, our older kids have worked at fast food places and um, grocery stores. And what ends up happening is one day my daughter brought home a 20 pound bag of dry milk that had broken. She's like, I knew my dad would like that. And what did I do? I put it in one bag, uh, a Ziploc bag, and then inside that, I put that in a um, vacuum sealer bag, and I just opened my first one of it yesterday. It's been two years since I vacuum sealed it, and I used it for making a uh, dry ranch powder mix because I didn't want to go to the grocery store. I thought, I'm going to make that. Anyway, as good as the day it was uh, sealed, so yes. And then Happy Hills, <laughs> he also said uh, flat one pound. Let's bring that one up. Flat one pound packs of ground beef and venison normally fill our freezer. And then went on to say game changer tip, uh, game changer when I learned that tip. And it's true. You yeah. know, the simplest, stupidest little things. You know, when I was a bachelor, I would pack my hamburger in a one pound ball and wrap it in tinfoil. And that was the worst thing you could do because everything I pulled out, it, it, it well, anyway, it stunk. It tasted bad. The whole works, you know. Um, how about restaurant supply stores, babe? That was always one of my things, wasn't it? Yeah, uh I find they're okay for large bags of frozen vegetables. Um, I found meat was a little bit more expensive. Mm -hmm. And yeah. dry goods sometimes, uh, if you're, you know, if you're looking for 50 pound bags of stuff, it was good. We bought, I remember one time years ago, we went looking for, they had a really, really good deal because sugar is one of those things that, you know, even when it's on sale, you basically know the bottom barrel price. In this restaurant supply store that we uh, found one day, literally it was lower than that. And so we bought a bunch and it was good. And we've got one about an hour away from us and we went in and it was okay. It didn't yeah. blow us out of the water. The veggies right. were good, but you know, it's always worth exploring those places because you might find that they have one item that's a lost leader that you can buy every time you're there because that is the cheapest place that you can buy it. Uh, and then another tip was, of course, buy direct from farmers and buy big, right, babe? Yep. We would buy 50-pound bags of potatoes and can them. We loved our canned potatoes when we were non-keto, oh, yeah. didn't and we? And kids loved them, too. Yeah, we would just yep. literally drain the water off and fry them in butter and salt and pepper, didn't we? Yeah, or you can drain the water off and you can put them on a sheet, a cookie sheet with some seasoning and you have baked potato wedges. Oh, and about that. The kids just love them. And they can take them to school lunch on school lunches and everything, too. And another one when we were, uh, I wouldn't say really hard up, but another really good uh, tip in the, the area I grew up, uh, baiting deer was 100% legal. So you could buy drops, uh, carrots, 
and apples to bait your deer. And the apples made incredible apple cider. And hey, chicken hawk, how are you? <laughs> and the deer carrots were like a quarter the price. And all they were was the funky, deformed, smaller carrots that didn't matter. And so we bought them a couple of times, didn't we? Yep. Sliced them up and either froze them or canned them. And they were awesome. I mean, anytime you can find a way to save money yeah, in a certain way, it, it really worked. Um, another one I put was, uh, and this should go without saying, but learn how to cook from scratch, eh, babe? Yes. It's always cheaper, isn't it? It is. And, and in that category too, you can always put um, like cooking stews and soups mm -hmm. and we we did that a lot with the kids and you can freeze them in individual containers and they work good for lunches for school or uh the next day when they're at home or if you need to take uh lunches to work they work really good for that as well and we when we make soup and stews we usually make enough for a small army don't we <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes and you're absolutely right turn it into venison and you and you could <laughs> although the hunting where i grew up was pretty scarce now on the prairies out here uh you can pretty much have your pick of deer well you're not allowed to bait out here either, no so. that's right ba baiting's 100 percent illegal out here but so when i tell people you know we tell people that we used to bait out there they look at us like that's a cardinal sin but yeah. when you know your longest shot you'd take would be 50 yards and it's thick woods you did what you could and it was legal. Uh, and also we hunted rabbit out there and they look at us like rabbit, man, that's a disgusting prairie animal out here. But you know, my dad grew up dirt poor and their favorite food was rabbit stew. And there was rabbits everywhere in Nova Scotia where we grew up. So, but the rabbits out here are like twice the size. They're massive. <laughs> yeah. Oh my there. God. <laughs> so yeah. Chicken of the trees. Um, so Ted says, that uh, down here, and down here would be Florida, for anybody who doesn't know Ted, we eat iguanas, and we call them chicken of the trees. Would you eat iguana, hun? Probably not. No. You would. I would, yeah. We've got a grill here called the Fireside, and they have exotic meat, and I've tried a couple of them, but yes, Ted, I would try iguana. I'm crazy. I eat things like uh, kippered herring. Uh, my dad sends them out to me. They're, they're like sardines. They're baby mackerel that have been smoked and oiled. Oh, and they're so good, aren't they? No, you love not. them, don't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, and uh, I think our 11th tip on, you know, saving money is buy items, even if you already have them, right? Yeah. And that went with our toilet paper because the kids would always laugh. They're like, but mom, we have toilet paper. Why are you buying more? Well, now they know because now they live on their own. Well, they live on, they don't laugh at me anymore when they come knock on the door and they, they, they're out of toilet paper and they need some. Mr. Cornelius, wild game is all we eat with the exception of chicken. Kipper snacks, fin yes, they are incredible, aren't they? Uh, but hey, Ken, it's nice to see you. Hopefully you get a good uh, connection tonight. But uh, yeah, so wild game's awesome. We did a lot of it. I just don't have the time to hunt so much anymore. And that was something I'll deal with a little bit down the road is knowing how much your time is worth. Because a lot of these projects that we get into that we say saves us money, we end up spending more time doing it than the money it's saving us when we could go out and maybe uh, invest in our entrepreneurial venture and make enough money from that to buy four times the amount of food. So, you know, and, and also I am, uh, you know, I'm big into learning new skills, so you can't put a price on learning a new skill for sure. Hey, there's Saul's. How are you? He said, Oh, let's see what this says here. He says, I live in Missouri and our neighbors keep all kinds of exotic animals, small things like cow. Oh, <laughs> I read that without a full stop there. I thought I was like, 
cows and chickens don't sound very exotic, but yeah, I'm just better armed than they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're, uh, yeah, we, and we have, we've hunted some here on the prairies and we have, but we found with like out of our five kids, there's only one that'll eat venison. That really so enjoy it. Yeah. Besides you, of course. And but. part of that's because they didn't grow up around it. Right. Like yeah. when we were really young, we just didn't hunting license equipment time. Exactly. So speak talking to my brother-in-law about this the other day and they you know a lot of people they they love hunting's their passion and i'm 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 cool with that and i get it but it can be the liter the most expensive meat you'll ever get thousands of dollars on guns and ammo and a hunting truck and your licenses and the gas and on and on and on the travel you know and that's okay if that's your passion and it's a hobby great now if you if you're lucky enough you can stand on your back doorstep and get yourself you know, an elk or a moose or a deer or a bear or a porcupine or whatever. Great. But if you can't, you got to figure in exactly what Happy Hills is saying. Honey license, honey, <laughs> hunting license, equipment, time. It's it's all true. And that all has to figure into, is this worth saving? You know, are we actually saving money? Right, babe? Yep. And uh, yeah. So now we, we, we put a bunch of notes together earlier. Tell me about it. Time invested into building this chicken coop. How many chicken coops did we build over the years, babe? Oh, tons. I used to love having chickens. I miss yeah, having them, actually. We do miss them. Yeah. And Happy Hill says, mm, porcupine. My my <laughs> uncle did that to his wife one time, uh, didn't tell her, cooked up a porcupine. She said, the, honey, uh, she said, honey, this is the best roast I've ever eaten. And he said, it wasn't real prickly or anything. Oh, no, no, it was good. And uh, afterwards, he told her, and he's like, she liked it. And after that, she ate it. I got to say, I have never had porcupine. Nope. Um, I think actually they're protected from the story I've been told in Alberta, unless that's just a wives tale, because they're literally the only animal you can walk up to hit with a club and eat it. So they don't want you to do that. But yeah, anyway, it, I would try it. Um, I'd have to dequill it first, of course, but <laughs> so some random thoughts that we learned, eh, babe, what, what's the first one there? Um, where am I reading? Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, sorry. Um, well, with the expiry date, uh, I used to work at the pharmacy in Walmart and the pharmacist, like with the medications, that was one of them. He said that medications lose their potency 10% every month after their expiry date. So that that's so like if you can get medications on sale, that's also a good thing. Like mm -hmm. uh, six months after they expire, there's, you know, you might have to take an extra pill with it, but it still works. And that does help. Oh, oh yeah um okay so ted just said yeah thank you ted you didn't need to do that but thank you um oh i lost my place in my notes here we go yeah so we hate to say that but oh no i think oh yeah i think you might have said, yeah anyway sorry first oh cool oh that's even better i didn't know about that i'll look into that after so um stuff last expiry dates are more of a suggestion, suggestion. that's the word we're looking for yeah. and we're not we're not saying go out and eat expired mayo and stuff like no. that. But <laughs> but like it's just basically using your common sense. If you if you open something up and it smells rotten, then you just don't eat it, right? You're allowed to use your common sense? Is that I didn't <laughs> yeah. know that was legal anymore. I thought common sense was not so common anymore. So it was but, yeah. So but yes, yogurt, that's one thing. We I eat yogurt too much. Well, I don't eat yogurt now, but I used to eat it like two months past the expiry date because you open it up and the worst it is a little bit of water on top. And uh, something that you taught me when we got married was sandwich meat. 
as you know as unhealthy as it might be sometimes it freezes really well doesn't it babe it does yeah so we'll you know is a lot of times if you can get uh, uh sandwich meat that might be on sale so you can buy you know 10 packs for the price of four we'd buy 10 and we'd throw it in the deep freeze and it would stay and then we'd thaw it out and we'd make sure we'd eat it up quick because you didn't want it sitting around for weeks afterwards but it would work wouldn't it it would um so then uh the next tip we had was make make the most of your trips out of town. So if you're like us and you don't have, you know, you, we don't have huge grocery stores here, do we? No. So it's like an hour, an hour's drive to go to town. So you want to make sure you plan. If you're going to take a long road trip, you want to make sure that you know the best stores to shop at and the stores are the best deals, right, babe? And, and that's again, using your flyers and your, and you compare shop. There's a good one. Ted says, if in doubt, throw it out. See, exactly. you guys are all full of useless, I mean, top-notch uh, information, right? But no, it's true. I mean, if you pick up a can and it's bulged at the ends, I, uh, we are one hour from every, right? Yeah. And I mean, I wouldn't say that. I mean, we do have a grocery store in our town. Like we're, we're a town of about 1500 people. So we're not in the middle of the boonies, but any uh, reasonably sized center is over an hour away or an hour away, it right? Is, yeah. So, you know, any Walmart or, uh, well, Costco is almost three hours. So, and we love going there. But yeah, so like Ted said, when in doubt, throw it out. If it's bulged, if it's dented, if it's rusted, if you open it up and it's a can of carrots and it fizzes when you open it. Probably not a good idea. To yeah. <laughs> if you open it up and there's mold growing on it, throw it out, you know? <laughs> and I and another tip too with the farm eggs, I always float them. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So if they're, if I just got them the same day, I always float them because sometimes we always had the issue with our hens where you get one that's extra broody and she likes to sit on everything and you, or they get crazy and they start laying everywhere and you go out to collect them and you don't realize that you might pick up an egg that's been there for a week or two and you not, and you don't realize it, but, um, and there's nothing worse than having a whole frying pan of eggs. And then all of a sudden you crack one and it's rotten. So if you float them, it's actually, that's a really, that's a time saver as well. And what what else do you do when you're baking with your eggs? I crack them into a bowl. And why do you do that? Just in case you get one that has blood. Yes. So another, another money saving tip, if you've put all your ingredients together in a bowl and you're looking at baking something from scratch, and then all of a sudden you crack an egg and it's rotten or it has a half, you know, developed chicken in it, you've ruined everything. But if you crack it in the bowl, all you've ruined is a couple eggs, right, babe? Exactly. Or dump them one at a time even, right? Yep. But yeah. So uh, Soul's here. Uh, he says, the one most people overlook is water. You can live without food for a bit, but you sign your death warrant without water. A water purification kit is key. And Souls, you are absolutely right. Excuse me. What did we buy this year, baby? A Berkey. A Berkey. And I got to tell you. I didn't put a lot in here about water because I figured we'd run long because we're pretty good experts on food <laughs> and saving money. But the Berkey, man, when I do my top 10 preparedness items for 2021, yeah, I almost lost the year. That will be my number one purchase I made this year. That was, I mean, you can literally take puddle water and go out and yeah, see it. It's incredible. I love the thing, you know, and it, it was awesome. And here's another tip to save a little bit of money. Search Berkey scratch and dent. Uh, of course, it's a little different in Canada and the States, but we found a company out of Saskatchewan that sold a scratch and dent one, which is literally, there's nothing wrong with it, is it? Nope. And it was 20% cheaper. So definitely, ah, uh, crap. Which one did we buy? I'm not sure. Uh, it, I think it's the, 
the big Berkey. I'll, I'll let you know. Um, but and what one do you have, Happy Hills? Because ours ours is the one that holds about two and two quarters gallons. So if anybody knows what that, oh, okay. Thank you, Robert. I <laughs> always call you souls. I I know. Yeah, I'll try to remember. I'm bad with names at the best and, of times. And a good so. tip with the Berkey too, if you know that there's some bad weather coming your way. One good thing that we used to do is we used to fill the bathtub. Mm -hmm. You fill that up and then you can always take the water out of there to fill the Berkey. I did that on Y2K thinking the, yeah. the world was going to end and I got lucky. So, <laughs> but yes, it was, I, yeah, the Berkey has been a, a game changer for us. We, yeah. we used to go and we would, uh, I guess the biggest thing that saved me is I used to go to the gas station. They had uh, water filters. You could uh, fill five gallon jugs there for a uh, buck 50, right? I think, I think so, it is. Yeah. yeah. And I would fill six or seven at a time and then I'd lug them to the basement and then lug them back up. Well, now I just have one half, uh, five gallon jug cut in half. I got a black mark on it right where I need to fill it. And I just fill it in my sink and dump it in. Saves us time and money. So it was, it was cool. Uh, and so what else do we have? Um, yeah, this one was good. We talked about it a little bit before, but know the time and day, uh, the time, time of day that your store marks things down. And also know the best time of year to buy things, right, babe? Yep. Like uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, there's always a sale on <laughs> uh, the the stovetop stuffing and the turkeys, and they always you always get a, a really good sale on potatoes and yams for canning. Yes. Yeah, ab, ab, yeah that's right. I forgot yeah. it. Yeah, we've done that before. And sometimes the stores will end up buying way too many sweet potatoes. And you can go in the day after Thanksgiving and get them for like 19 cents a pound, right, babe? Yeah, and they did that with uh, the corn too. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. loved canning corn. So go in after uh, the best. I always, I, I had a video on my uh, growing your handyman business series and the best time to buy seasonal stuff is at the end of the season. And it's the same with food. You know, if you're willing to put a little bit of work into it afterwards, whatever's left over after the holidays is always going to be cheaper. So yeah, like you said, yams, uh, we, we, we tend to buy because turkeys are the cheapest at Thanksgiving, three or four turkeys and we put them in the freezer, don't we? Yep. And they last, like we've eaten turkeys that are two years old sometimes, <laughs> haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. There's always a sale. You are right. Yep. And yes, chicken hawk made a homemade one out of five gallon buckets, but it, uh, yeah. Anyway, the, the stainless steel one has been really good and happy Hills. I love that t-shirt idea. And I may just have to print that. Do you see it? Yep. Been prepping since Y2K. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably where I got started. I was 19 at the time. So just old enough to understand, but still young and dumb enough to not completely care. But I bought a case of bottled water and I filled the bathtub and I thought I was set. So, you know, <laughs> um, so I thought we would. In case you guys wanted to know some of the crazy things we did over the years in the name of saving money and trying to be more <laughs> self-sufficient, uh, we put a bunch of them together too. And maybe you guys have tried some of these, maybe you haven't, but uh, we raised two pigs probably eight, nine years ago now, right? Eight years ago now yep. at 22. So we're about the same age. So we, we were, I wouldn't say broke but we weren't we didn't have a ton of extra money did well, we Well, we had just bought the house definitely. yes yeah. we had and so we got two wiener pigs didn't we we did yes and this isn't the healthiest thing and i would not recommend this per se <laughs> but we fed them on about a 98 percent restaurant diet so i would go around on sunday mornings and i would bring garbage bags with me and i would fish through all of the compost bins from the restaurants or tim horton's if you yeah. guys don't know what Tim Hortons is, it's like a Canadian staple. 
most it's, of you it's do. It's like a Krispy Kreme. It's like Krispy Kremes yeah. or Dunkin' Donuts. And I would find full bags of donuts. And we did really well. The meat was awesome. But I literally, we raised them for almost nothing. And I was able to get free produce, uh, seconds produce from the grocery store until they put the kibosh on that because they figured somebody was going to sue them. But it was fun, wasn't it? You yeah. Know? And then do you remember the time that I tried to preserve eggs and lime water? That's because you got that idea from your dad. I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it, I don't know. I'm not even sure if, if I don't know if we ever actually ate any of them, but no, uh, I, I was too scared. Too, and because so. we heard it, it could give them an off smell an off taste, you know, but um, yeah, the third one, and this one wasn't too crazy, but remember when we learned how to make tortillas? Well, and that could go along with, uh, making, uh, with kids. Yep. We make every Sunday, I would take the whole day and we'd make tortillas, muffins, pancakes, waffles. And I called them toaster pancakes and toaster waffles. And That's right. Yeah. So they would have their breakfast ready in the morning. Cause sometimes we would both be off to work and we had to depend on them getting on the bus and it was just basically them pulling it out of the freezer and popping it in the toaster and wouldn't have to worry about them turning the oven on or burning the house down or anything. Yeah, yeah because, you know, even at least we knew what was in them too, right? Yeah. But, you know, the store brand waffles and stuff, they're pretty cheap, but they take up space and uh, just everything. And we really did. We, we, well, you especially, we would do a ton of those quick foods for the kids to eat in the morning. They loved them, didn't well, they? Well, and we did it mainly because of our oldest uh, with his ADHD and we were more food controlling his diet Yes, instead yeah, of medication so we could keep control. So a lot of uh, homemade stuff that didn't contain, uh, what was it, the red dye for? Yeah, know, yeah, absolutely. And anything like that, we were able to control what was going in the food and we found that it was a healthier choice for the kids too. How many goats did we have? Was it we four had, or two? We had a mother goat and two babies. That's what it was. Yeah. So when we were first married, we had a, an, an enormous vehicle. Do you guys remember the Dodge Neon? I don't think they came any smaller. But we we literally, when we, we went to a lady's farm and we bought a mama and two baby goats. Yep. And we we honestly considered putting them in our backseat of our neon to take them home. But she offered to deliver them to us. Well, because uh, Precious had those great big huge horns and we thought she was going to smash through the window. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we brought them home and I learned how to melt goats. And we made, was it rennet cheese or whatever? Uh, and paneer cheese. Paneer cheese. And yep. we made mozzarella cheese and we made goat's milk soap. And actually um, our oldest, uh, our, our son, he loved the goat milk. That's right. And he it did. was, and he was very, very underweight and we found it was really good for him. It did. It, it yeah. helped a lot. And he was able to digest it and he didn't have any issues with his lactose and yeah. And with that, yes. with that big beast of a car, the Dodge Neon, we used to go to talking about buying groceries. We used to go to the grocery store and we would buy what two weeks worth of groceries. We'd have three kids in the back seat, our little dog, Manny, an entire two weeks worth of groceries and three or four bags, 50 pound bags of uh, chicken feed on the kids, laps. on the kids laps. And we would make them. Yeah. It was incredible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, I don't know. You know, we, we tried, didn't we? Uh, yep. the alternative. It, I can't say, you know what I mean? We're not, we're not anti-drug by any means. No, not by any means, it, but, um, uh, a lot of, uh, like, uh, years. Well, Mackenzie's going to be 24 this year. So, Back when he had the issues, uh, basically the only drug that they would give him would be Ritalin. And we noticed it was causing him to lose an, a, yep, a lot of weight. 
and and it was it was making he was very very unhealthy and we found that it wasn't helping him at all so we decided just to take him off it and we did more diet control with him and we found that it worked and we just we would limit certain foods like um we found like craft dinner oh my craft dinner was, yeah yeah like it was kind of like a trial and error like kind of like you sit him up and you give him a bite of something to see if he like you know bounces off the ceiling with it or not but it was Kit Kat bars, Kraft Dinner, mm -hmm. uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, you know, anything like that he wasn't allowed to have. But anything natural that we could give him that would help him put on weight and still maintain his behavior so he wasn't, you know, driving us crazy or driving his teachers crazy. And mm -hmm. then we didn't have to worry about uh, the, the the bad side effects of the Ritalin, which made us feel really good about it. Because he had, remember, it gave him sunken eyes and he was oh, he, depressed. And yeah. It was, it was and, just miserable. Yeah, it, it was, he, he, he was not in a good spot and he was only eight years old. So we and, couldn't do that to him. And we're not saying that it's not an option. And I'm sure there's lots of better drugs today. But for us, it, that, that worked. We, we really didn't keep him on it long, did we? No, but now, like with ADHD, there's, I think there's probably at least 40 or 50 different drugs out there right now. And so but our first choice would probably be to start on diet and, and it was, yeah, yeah. it always was. And it still would be, wouldn't yeah, it? Although exactly. we're done having kids. Oh, we're done. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Although. Yeah. Hey, Chris, how are you? <laughs> white, white North forge. I want to say guys, I think we just broke a record for the most, uh, can, uh, concurrent live uh, people in here but anyway that that was awesome uh and hunter you said i'm glad my wife isn't listening right now she doesn't need any more motivation to bring home a goat so oh hunter your wife needs a goat goats are wonderful oh <laughs> they, smart no they really are oh. i i keep my sister has an acreage and i keep trying to talk her into getting a goat they are wonderful and if you get them right from babies like you can bottle feed them and you can raise them and they're just like dogs they i had a huge one on my on my parents farm his name was murphy and he was wonderful and he was the friendliest goat ever and he would follow me around and i could walk him on a leash and he's about the size of he was probably about the size of a deer and but he he was so friendly and he was so sweet and and like and of course once you get them fixed and or castrated or whatever then they're even better and and it's just, I don't know. I just, I love goats and but I love my chickens too. Who would get the call at work and say, honey, can you come home right now? The goats across the road in the cemetery, or I don't know where the goat, they're, they're escape artists, aren't they? Yeah, they, they are. Yeah. Well, and they and, were fun. They well, were. Well, we didn't, but. but if you stake them properly, you have a proper pen for them. They're, they're happy and they're, they're cheap uh, lawnmowers they as are. well. Although they right. don't do nearly as good a job as you might think. They're fun, <laughs> but yeah, they eat some and uh happy Hills there right quick before I forget. Uh, he said, uh, we used to get 800 pounds of chicken feed in a Mazda 3. So you you feel our pain. I get it. Yeah. You, we we never had a truck. We we did have, a, for a lot of years, we had a Dodge Grand Caravan, and I would haul thousands of pounds of stuff oh, that, that was, wouldn't I? Oh, the caravan was great. Oh, I had a, oh, yeah. Anyway, we can go into that forever. But And then Happy Hill says, great job, guys. Way to listen to your gut and try diet changes. And it worked, you know? Yep. Uh, Hunter says Dallas, Texas postage stamp city renting. Okay, good. Well, then if your wife comes home with a goat, and, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what just, to tell just you. Just a little pygmy one. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah. Maybe an electronic goat. Maybe, maybe yeah. there's an app on her phone you could get her that would be, uh, you know, a goat. Actually, the ideal one would be one of those feigning goats. Those <laughs> yeah, be, you do like I, those. I love you? those goats. Yeah. Uh, let's see what we had. We learned at one time how to use a wood cook stove. Uh, we learned uh, we made goat's milk soap, which I said different types of cheeses. Uh, this one was fun, and I actually, um, Happy Hills, I think uh, your missus talked about this the other night, but 
we used to make homemade laundry soap. We've kind of gotten out of it. It it worked, but it, it we weren't super happy with it, right? No. Well, I'm I'm extremely sensitive. Yeah. And two of the kids are extremely sensitive, and we basically like we can't use Tide or Gain or any of that stuff. So when we made our own stuff, it was okay. But then, um, then I got the brilliant idea to add essential oils to That's it. That's right. And then yep. different. We ones. we couldn't use it anymore. But the bet, like, so we just stuck with one laundry soap and I find we use Purex and you can buy the 220 load Purex from Costco and it, and it's a great deal. Yeah. And we, one cool tip, something we learned and you guys might know this, but uh, when you make homemade washing, uh, washing uh, laundry detergent, it usually calls for an ingredient called washing soda. It may be more available where you're from. We couldn't get it anywhere. However, if you take baking soda and bake it in the oven, and I don't remember exactly how to do it, uh, it literally, it, it turns baking soda into washing soda. It, it chemically changes it. So we were able to do that and then make our homemade laundry soap. And it, it worked out pretty good. It did. And uh, Happy Hill says minivans are a great farm option. They yeah, are. They are. A lot of the Hutterites use them. They have yep. 15 passenger vans too, which are great. Uh, Ted yeah. says, I'm jealous. I'm going... Uh, Oops, oh, I lost it there. I'm gaining all the weight that you've been losing. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm telling you. Uh, oh, Hunter said that oh. uh, she came home with chickens. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I, yes. Um, where did I miss that? Oh, she came yeah. home with chickens. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Chickens absolutely. are awesome. I miss my chickens every day. I wish we could have them here. I raised them right from babies, and I like they were they were my babies, my roosters. I I named them all, and I'd go, go out, out there. At I used to go out there and holler at them, and I. And they'd come running and I could pick them up and carry them around. And even my big, my gigantic rooster Spartacus, I could carry him around the yard like he was, like he was a cat. It was great. And you used to feed him a lot of times. Spaghetti noodles. If we were, if we were exceptionally poor that month and we, we didn't get out to buy their feed or we just couldn't afford it for a few days, we would cook up a lot of noodles right noodles and rice but sometimes it was just an enjoyment to yeah we like spaghetti going, oh. noodles and let them watch them run around and now we have yep. chihuahuas that you know we, we yeah. can't we can't milk them we don't get <laughs> eggs from them uh they're i guess they're guard dogs but mm. they're the sweetest little bitches you're ever gonna find i love the things but uh happy hill says great tip on washing soda and uh yeah if you have access to lemons lemons are oh hang on let me bring this up here if you have access to lemons, lemons are a great alternative to laundry soap. They ionize particulates and allow for easier separation. Hmm. I don't, it would be tough. Like I, we're setting our ways now, but we'll try, I would be willing to try something like, and Happy Hill says Purex is a good one. We've, we found that was probably the best yep. to not, because we, a lot of us, I, I get rashes and reactions to a yep. lot of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we find that's the, it's the, the most gentle out of all the ones we've ever had. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, we said we used to freeze muffins, cookies, pancakes, waffles from scratch. Uh, this is a good tip. If you guys have a small army, uh, you know, not, um, we, we had five kids. So, and, and maybe this is right on the borderline of ethical. I'm not sure, but <laughs> so the, the local drugstore would have really good deals on things like tuna, but they would have a limit of four. 
And the lady who works there was very anal about it. Oh my goodness. And you would go in and you'd try to buy more than four and she wouldn't. So what we did was we went over and all five of us would go in one at a time. And I'd give, the girls were only four or five at the time. I'd give them a $5 bill and I'd say, go in and buy four cans of tuna. And they'd be like, I'd like four cans of tuna, please. (laughs) And the lady couldn't say anything. And so we'd end up getting 20 cans of tuna. And it was a great way to save money. And, uh, Another one we did one time, and this was completely inadvertent, but we have a Canadian Tire here, which is, I said, it's kind of an original store. It's like a big box automotive. Anyway, they were doing a grand reopening and my girls wanted to go with me. So we went and waited in line and I didn't expect this. I went because they were giving away these free uh, 2000 candle power flashlights. They were like a spotlight. Yeah. uh, Chris (laughs) says he does it too. Good. We're not the only ones. All right. So we waited in line all morning. It was like two hours waiting in line. And my girls were less than three and they were all over the place, but it was fun. And when we got up to the, the, um, the door to go in, they handed me and my adult daughter, each a flashlight. And I'll be darned. They handed both of my two and a half year olds flashlights too. And they thought that was the cool member. Yeah. They just, they were so proud. They were so proud. Yes. (laughs) Happy Hill says, we have no kids, but three St. Bernards and a St. Bernard Great Dane mix. Rather feed Bill. Oh, yeah. Well, it is true. Yeah. <laughs> Two St. Bernards. And yeah. So Hunter does it as well. And Chicken Hawk, um, I, he has his girls or a couple okay, of his well, girls. I don't feel in the so bad then. No, <laughs> he used to do that with the free items for Harbor Freight. See? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So kids are good for something. And if Charlotte, you're still in here, I don't know if you remember that. You were awfully little, but uh, she comes in and listens in and uh, she liked the flashlight too. But Alice was, remember how excited Alice oh, was? she slept with it. Yeah, she did. She yeah. thought it was pretty cool. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, oh, another one we tried and we didn't really succeed a whole lot was we bought a bunch of, um, the kids liked gummy snacks, like them absolutely junky gummy snacks you get at Walmart. So we decided to make some of them on our own. It was a lot of work and... It was okay. It, it worked. Was, it but worked. Yeah. Uh, one year, a couple of years, we tapped some maple trees for syrup. I didn't have a way to boil it outdoors. So we boiled it indoors for hours and hours on end. Ended up getting like less than a gallon of syrup and we used it on an electric stove. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Free is my favorite four letter F word. Yeah. That's good. Oh, I like that. I, I have a, an, a four letter F word I like quite a bit too. <laughs> But free is very important. Yeah, so, I hear yeah. it quite often when he's building. Things, yes, you so. do. I, I have other words I use too, but I, I keep them off the channel, you know? Yeah. But, uh, another thing we used to do, uh, we lived right on the Atlantic Ocean for a few years. We would go down, me and the kids, and we would catch fish. And then we'd can them, wouldn't we, hunt? Mackerel. Mackerel. Yeah, we'd go down, catch mackerel. And then we had a pressure canner, and we would can them and leave them on the shelf. And it, it worked pretty good. I mentioned uh, the kids working at grocery stores and one of our daughters worked at Subway and quite often she'd get extra meat, extra bread yep. and we'd find ways to store it. Wouldn't we, babe? Yep. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah. So another thing, when we were first married, you'll never see this price again, but we, uh, how much did we pay for uh, ground beef on our honeymoon? 99 cents a pound. And how much did we buy? hundred pounds. Yeah, it was a hundred pounds. We bought a hundred pounds of ground beef on our honeymoon for 99 cents a pound. And that wasn't that long ago. At least it doesn't seem like it was, does it? No. Yeah. And then tell them about what we did on the two weeks I took off um, when we got married. I think it was like two days after the wedding. <laughs> yeah. You went and got it really expensive gel nails. Gel nails after the wedding. And it wasn't mainly on us. It was mainly your father. He, he, he's so impatient and he couldn't wait any longer, but we used to do meat birds 
and he just couldn't wait anymore. He had to come out there, so I had to rip. All, I ripped all my gel nails off so that I can pluck chickens. <laughs> yep, she's yeah. out there, and she's like, "That's it. These damn nails are coming <laughs> off." And there she is pulling all these gel nails off so she can help pluck the chickens better. <laughs> so I knew right then and there I married the right lady. <laughs> uh, what else do we have? We we put you know always keep a lot of Ziploc bags on hand. We could probably reuse them more, but we don't. No, we don't. But they're incredible. Like we, we use them for storing everything. The, the big freezer bags we well, use. That, that's one of my subscriptions on Amazon is the freezer bags. Oh, you know what? Yeah. We'll probably do an entire episode on Amazon subscriptions, won't yep. we? I did a video a while back, but it would be a lot better to have the boss in here to talk about it. Um, and then I put, you know, we always purge often, right? What We just did the other day, didn't we, babe? We just did the freezers. Yeah, and we don't actually throw out a lot of the food now. We, um, well, with the three older kids here, we distribute the food. Yes, so we do. Yeah, so if we have stuff that we're like, I don't know if I'm going to eat that or not, we pawn it off on our older, our adult kids because they don't have, I shouldn't say pawn, but, you know, they don't have as much money. And if there's stuff that we're thinking, ah, we may or may not eat that. Or again, when we went keto, we, uh, a lot of the carb stuff went oh, to the they kids. Scored a so lot of stuff. Yeah. Hunter says Amazon subscriptions. I'll wait for that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is good. And I see you guys talking about printed shirts too. I would love, I'm not quite there yet, but if anybody has recommendations on that kind of stuff, we're going to do some shirts eventually, but yes, we'll do a whole episode on our subscriptions. We'll talk about it. And we, we don't have, I know I always, you know, bemoan living in Canada. We don't have quite as much stuff we can subscribe to up here, but we still do pretty good with it, but I, I'll just tease it at that. We'll do another episode on that down yep. the road. But um, we used to grow. We used to do huge gardens. Yes. Again, we got to the point where we talked about, you have to know how much your time's worth, right, baby? Well, and and that was like last last summer. Or was oh, we did summer some before? above ground. Yeah, we did year. the above ground, but like the just the labor of building those above ground gardens and the and I had planted everything and we got a late frost mm -hmm. and it killed all my tomato plants. So then I had to replace every like replace everything, and then we I tended them, I grew them. They grew what was it like six feet high? Those tomato yep. plants, and I don't think I got any yield out of we them. We had a at bad all. year. It was a horrible year, just horrible. And that was but... my last gardening year. Yeah, and then we're like, you know what? We yeah. don't have enough space. I, I, not making excuses, but unless we wanted to get really intensive with growing, we live in a town lot. We don't have the space to grow a huge garden here anymore. So we decided we are going to invest our time in our entrepreneurial ventures make the money that we need and turn that into food. Right. And when the kids were younger too, they were well with all of them home. They're all the, the four girls were huge veggie eaters. Yes. Huge. And they would just go out to the garden and pick the peas and the beans off the plant and just eat them out there. And it just seemed more worth it. And now it's just, we don't eat vegetables anymore. No, we don't like it's no. almost every single night. It's steak or chicken and salad. Right, babe. Yeah. Yeah. And my uh, cracky, I've got it tore down right now. It worked good until I let it overgrow and it became a huge mess. <laughs> yeah. But we did get some really good lettuce out of it, didn't we? We did. And then, uh, yeah, we just... And then I let it go to seed by <laughs> being a lazy ass. But yeah. uh, it worked we good. We won't go down that oh, road. Sorry. We, we got two full, two full runs out of it really well. And then I lost interest in it because that happens sometimes. But I probably will get it back up this winter and we'll get some more lettuce and it'll be fun. Uh, you can buy a lot of food for cheap from Hutterites. Yep. Chris, I know you come in late. I actually talked quite a bit about the Hutterites earlier. Um, there's, I, I got some interesting stories from them. But I, yes, we've bought carrots and taters. We just yeah. 
potatoes and carrots last year from them, right? Uh, yes. And they do sell turkeys and chickens. Let them and... do the work. Ain't that the truth? Yes. Uh, Happy Hill says, uh, let's bring this guy up here. Uh, I love using 55 gallon drums cut in half. One tomato or pepper plant per top or bottom. Super easy. That is true. It is. And actually last year, my mom had the great idea. She did a pallet garden. And yeah. she's 67 and she lives by herself and she took some pallets and then uh, put them on the ground and then she put dirt in between the wood and that's how she did her garden. And it actually kept the weeds down and it was easy for her to maintain because she could kneel on the pallet wood, which was awesome for military. Is that the, yes. Yeah. So another fun story about this, but uh, my daughter is huge into MREs. MREs and no, our 11 year old daughter. Yes, Alice. Yep. Uh, she's not on here tonight. Her twin sister was Charlotte earlier. But um, we, anyway, we for about two weeks straight, we opened up a different Canadian uh, military MRE and opened it up. We have a bunch more. And I'm actually thinking we may do a video on a couple of those just on one of the weekend workshop episodes because she loves them. They're a lot of fun. And man, if that doesn't fit preparedness, I don't know what does. But they were cool, eh? Some they of are, them. Uh, actually, the ones that we just bought her, the MREs. The she wasn't, MREs, she wasn't yeah. too happy with those ones. They but. were actually a, they're an aftermarket product. I think they still supply the military, but they don't have official military branding on them. And they just weren't as good, were they? No, she didn't like them at all. The no. the Canadian ones were a lot of IM, breakfasts. The and, IMPs. Yes, I, yes, are. IMPs, individual meals portioned or something. So She loved those. 11-year-old daughter into MREs is absolutely fantastic. I try to talk her into doing YouTube videos on it. She hasn't yet, but we will do we we will do a uh, an eating, even though it's got carbs in it. We'll, we'll do one just a taste test, but it's a lot of fun. And also, real good tip: uh, the the um, the heater that comes with it, you need to take it out of the plastic bag before you heat it up because I threw it in there. And uh, oh, night, Charlie. She says she has to go. That's night, our Charlie. other daughter. But yeah, so I put it in there one day and we waited and waited and never heated up because it was in a sealed bag and I forgot to open it. But yeah, uh, Pappy says, let's bring this one up here. Oops, I missed it. There we go. Uh, Kitty swimming pools on clearance make great beds for onion, onion toss, parsley, strawberries, cucumbers, etc. That Man, I love that. I'll we, mention that to my mom. She yeah. Like, she wants to grow strawberries. We year. use them for something for our dogs to stand on. They won't play in it when there's water in it, but as soon as you empty it, they'll flip it over and stand on it like little idiots. So, yep. but your mother would like that, yep, you know, no, she would. And I guess real quick, we got a couple minutes yet, but uh, we were going to chat, uh, talk a little bit about uh, keto storing food, what, how things have changed for us since we've gone keto. And the biggest thing is, that almost everything shelf stable is full of carbs, isn't it, babe? It is, yeah. So, number one, we still do store some of that because, you know, if the uh, metaphorical shit ever did hit the uh, fan, it's not going to stop me from eating beans, right? No, we, <laughs> so, you know, we yeah. we're gonna we're gonna eat something with yeah. instead of eating nothing. So we still have a lot of that, not as much as we did, but we moved into more freezers. So we have uh, three freezers now, and we have a really good freezer alarm system because man when you have a couple grand in beef uh, that that's more than stock sometimes you know you keep them in your deep freeze so we need to make sure well, that, and, right? and last night we had a power surge and didn't even know it yeah uh, I woke yeah. up this morning and a whole bunch of things were all off and yeah. so yeah we you need to have that and then 
of course, you guys know I love to talk about generators, but you got to have a way. You know, I got a thing for generators. Did you know that, huh? Yeah, just a little one. Just a little one? Yeah. Well, you made me sell one. I had three. She made me sell one. So now I only have two. But yeah. Yeah, getting me to help you lift that big one in the back of the truck. It... I've told that a few times. My guts are going to have a hard time if I have to switch back to a carb-heavy diet. Hunter, that is true. Now, I got to say, we did fall off the wagon for about a month. I wouldn't say fell off, but we kind of well, not, not hugely. No, no, but because... our, we did, we did slide into some more carbs and it, it is rough on your gut. It, it is, it's tough, you know? So, yeah, I found it more rough on this, like not so much my stomach, but on my, my joints and my, absolutely. Yeah. yeah it, I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? it it's yep. people don't understand it, but I live, I live and love keto bacon, bacon, bacon. <laughs> I do too. Although I, I only eat one now, meal see, a day I don't now, like so bacon. I know you don't, and, and you are weird for that, but that's okay <laughs> yeah. too. But, um, and then the other thing is store-bought canned meat and not everybody loves all of it, but I got tuna and sardines and canned ham and spam and chicken. And then if you don't have one, a pressure canner is incredible and don't be intimidated by them. They're not bad, are they? No. And we actually found the canned chicken, uh, from the dollar store was the best. Yeah, it was canned it, chicken breast in the red can because we you had bought that one from Costco, and, and it was drier it, or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it didn't have any flavor or anything. To it. <laughs> it's okay. So I yeah, I I've been overweight my entire life, and my favorite meal is my next one too. But but keto has absolutely worked, and it's not. This isn't a preaching about keto thing. It was just I wanted to talk a little bit about how our food storage had changed since our diet changed a little bit, but. Um, you know, between us, it's been a uh, 190 pounds, right? Yep. Yep. So it, it's worked, but canned venison, absolutely. A little bit of salt in there works really well. Um, but yes, if you're into, we may even do an entire canning bone broth. We, we talked about that. And so <sighs> bone broth is strange. Try fat back or salt pork makes the best gravy for breakfast. Oh. <laughs> but we bone broth the only bone broth we've had a lot of experience with has been the store-bought stuff and i'm not a huge fan and it's of it. bland as all yeah. ghetto it needs yeah just so i think we will do an entire episode on pressure canning as well because i love it it's Absolutely. been a lot of but you just lent ours out i did yeah so here's a funny story i'm at the hardware store the other day my favorite hardware store home hardware and they got awesome crew there and i see a lady and she's buying mason jars and so i automatically get excited and i noticed the elderly lady she has two cases of wide mouth in two cases of regular mouth now me being the standardized guy that i am i have to standardize everything all of mine are standard size mason jars so i speak up and i'm like ma'am i don't i don't want to interfere but i said you realize you got two different types of mason jars there right she goes oh yeah thanks for telling me but i want to go with two different sizes because i, I want to get my carrots in there and she says we're just learning how to pressure can and i thought oh well, this is cool what pressure canner did you get and all this and uh, she's like um well, I don't have it yet. It's supposed to come from Amazon, but I got a message today that it's going to be two more weeks and we got all our carrots and everything. And I said, I didn't know her from Adam. And I said, you know what? I got one at home. You can borrow it. She's like, well, you don't know me. And I said, well, we're in a small town. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I turns out I knew her husband really well. Thanks man for dropping by. <laughs> I, I know it's been a good conversation. I always love having you here. So, and so anyway, I, I turned out she's the wife of a plumber who I do a lot of work with. So I knew her anyway, but I didn't know it. So she has that. She was so excited. She almost cried. And that I, I had to tell you the story, didn't I, hon? Yeah. It was, yeah, it was awesome. But yeah, uh, we've never canned bone broth, but we vacuum seal and freeze bones and bring them out when ready. We might have to try something. We we've have got, bones in our yeah, freezer. We've yeah. got a whole bunch of beef bones 
and it was just yeah it was awesome all right yeah. We, yeah they came with this last batch of beef we got you know but yeah so oh that was we we yeah we covered a lot didn't we, we did. i know we yeah. talk a lot and and share a lot but I, I love it like and maybe we'll do a second edition of this because we 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 made a, a living out of saving money on food didn't we we did and and yeah, we still do. We yeah, we do. Uh, you yeah. know what? Just because things aren't maybe quite as tight as they used to be, doesn't mean we don't still live the same way, do we? No, I do an order every month for Costco toilet paper and laundry soap and bounce sheets, and I have a good stock up. But also, I get the kids that come by probably once a month, and they need toilet paper, laundry soap, or bounce sheets. And they they so... they shop at mom and dad's house, don't yeah. they? But that's okay. We we enjoy it, and yeah. So Chris, just out of curiosity, how come you don't can bone broth? Just because it's not something you do, or is there a reason for it? I see you vacuum seal and freeze the bones, or maybe you just didn't make the bone broth. I'm not sure, but you can save the scrap veggies and bones in a coffee can in the freezer and then make bone broth when you have enough. So, okay, maybe I, maybe it's just a bad experience we've had with it, but do you guys add salt to it? Because two things we found with bone broth, right? What did you say? Greasy and bland. Do you guys find it's greasy? I know it needs to have that fat in it, but has anybody had an issue with it being greasy or bland? Because that was kind of our thing, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But so, yeah, I like that. We, I was, when I was, um, I was saving scraps in a coffee can in the freezer for my worms as well. Best live stream ever. Got to bring back Becky. Well, I, we've never had a good tasting broth. We've never had good tasting broth after a few months. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I, yeah, I, it, I wonder if more salt would help. Yeah. I mean, salt always helps everything. I love salt, yeah. right? And that's one thing I like about keto is they encourage you to have more and more salt and electrolytes. So that's good. That's awesome, babe. Best live stream ever. Salt <laughs> and hot sauce. Yes, you can't have enough hot sauce, can you? You know what? I think Chicken Hawk and I need to do some sort of challenge, uh, some kind of spicy thing, because we both like the really spicy stuff. And uh, I think we'll come up with something maybe for Christmas <laughs> or the New Year's. But don't forget to smash that like button, y'all. Yeah. So you know what, guys? We are at an hour and 20 minutes, and I think we're going to wrap it up. It's always good to wrap it up on a, a high note. We've gone through all our notes. My voice is starting to fail me a little bit. And uh, yeah. What do you think, babe? Did you have a good time? I did. Yeah, we yeah. will. Yeah. Sounds like you guys don't mind having her back. And thank you so much for dropping in, guys. This was the best live stream yet. I loved it. Tell all your friends. Smash the like button, like Ted says. And as always... Stay happy, stay healthy, and what? Have a great week. Good morning, guys. Toolman Tim here. Welcome back to the workshop where we build business, create community, find freedom, and share success. It's Saturday morning, which means it's time for another installment of the weekend workshop. And this week, well, my wife and I just traded in our old red Dodge for a new gray Dodge. And... What do you do when you go to trade in a vehicle? You clean everything out of it. So then we get this nice new vehicle, new to us, that was completely empty. And I realized I'd been driving around for two, three weeks without my emergency kit in there. So I thought it was time to do an audit of my emergency kit and time to put it all back together. And I thought, what better way than to force myself to get this done than to show you guys what I use and how I do it. So hang in there. guys real quick if you're new here and you want to know more about who i am you can always run by toolmantim.co 
Run by there, you'll find all my social media links, find the monthly newsletter, the weekly podcast, and the shop where I have recommended products that I have used. They've made me money or saved me money in my handyman business. Solutions to a whole bunch of problems. A lot of cool different categories there. We got household, we have hand tools, we have painting, we have preparedness items. So run by there, check that out. Anything you pick up through Amazon on those links helps to support the content I create, which I appreciate. Okay, so I told you guys we got a new vehicle. Anyway, we bought it and only had about uh, 6,000 miles, uh, 6,000 kilometers on it, sorry. And uh, after about a week, I went and, you know, they got those key fobs with the little key hidden inside. Went to open it up. Turned out the dealership had never cut the blank. And they only sent us one electronic key. We're supposed to have two. So you can imagine, one of my biggest preparedness tips is to always make backup of keys. So anyway, I was up in the city where we bought it from the other day and I forgot to stop to the dealership to get a second key and would you not believe it, but the very next day my wife was coming back from a trip, she stopped into her sister's house and locked her damn keys in the car. $70 later to a locksmith, there you go. So that is what happened. So automotive preparedness is absolutely essential. Get yourself an extra, well two things, number one you want to have an extra ignition key because it's way more expensive to replace your tire ignition and have your whole car computer reprogrammed than it is to buy yourself one extra key or two extra keys. Then get a door key cut and hidden somewhere on your vehicle just in case. Because that way if somebody finds a key, all they can do is open your doors. They can't drive off with your vehicle. So anyway, that being said, you guys saw my grab and go bag recently. That's the bag that we take with us if we're going on long trips. If we're going somewhere, even if we're going, uh, you know, to a hotel for the weekend, we know that all of our stuff is in there and good to go. Now, what happens if, say you're away from the house and you need to bug out in your vehicle, or say you're just absolutely got to go, got to run to the school, pick up the kids and go. Never thought to pack anything else. Well, we have a pared down, bare bones, essential grab-and-go kit that always stays in the vehicle. Something that'll get you by for a few days. You might not be as comfortable, but it's something you never have to worry about just in case you get caught away from home unexpectedly or you have to drive away quick. So I'm going to show you what I keep in my vehicle. Uh, there's a couple items I don't have with me right now, but I keep them in a couple different sections and segments. Those new trucks have some cool storage totes down in the bottom. It's a Ram uh, 2021, but they just don't have a ton of storage space. So everything you store is either something that's cramping up your existing space or takes away from something else. So just keep that in mind. So the first thing we do, this kit here is our absolute bare bones essential, can get us by for a couple of days on the road somewhere, you know, showering at a truck stop or something. This is the bag. It goes into one of those reusable shopping bags and then I wrap it up with painter's tape. Nothing comes in, nothing goes out. Maybe I'll check it once a year. So all we keep in that, socks and underwear, a couple of pair for each of us, just in case. You know what? We can rewear the clothes, but you feel a lot better with a new set of gitch and a new set of socks, hey? So socks and underwear for me, the missus, and the two twin girls. Shampoo and soap, because if you're on the road, there's nothing worse than having to use soap or shampoo that you don't normally use, or worse than that, not having any at all. Ah, and then just in case we threw in some extra uh, throwaway shampoos that you get from the hotels. And then this guy right here, 
this has kind of a bare bone uh, breakdown of what we would need in an, an emergency. We've got deodorant for both of us, another bar of soap, some feminine products, chapstick, because that's important, a disposable razor, Q-tips, and five days worth of prescriptions. So we just took five days, threw them in there, sacrificed them to the preparedness gods, and keep them in this bag. We've got toothpaste in there as well, uh, a couple other toothbrushes, and that is basically it. So that all of that goes into this blue Ikea bag. I hate Ikea myself, but hey, whatever. Oh, and a hairbrush for the ladies, because, well, you know, I don't need much there. All that goes in here. Then we push it down, wrap it up, and stash it either in the cubby hole or under the seat, depending on what's needed, what kind of space it is. The new truck is basically the same, except it has a new flat fold-out board for storage, which is really kind of cool. So that that is kind of the bare bones grab and go that always stays in the car. Most of this does, but that's the thing that'll get us by just in case. Now, a couple other things. I wouldn't necessarily call them life and death emergencies, but sometimes out here, things can't be good. So we keep four bottles of water down in the cubby hole and some sort of snack. Now these aren't keto friendly, but in a pinch, something will work. These are granola bars. So with us, things get cold, things get hot. I normally keep, say, some nut and fruit trail mix down in there as well. I just didn't have any when I was putting my bag together, so I thought granola bars would be better than nothing. Keep all that down in there, just in case. There's nothing like a, a drink of water, especially if you're dry, it's a hot day. Or, you know, just a, a snack or something to nibble on when you're nervous or to just boost morale, just in case you happen to be stuck in a ditch somewhere, if you can find a ditch on the prairies. But that we keep. Just absolutely something that'll get you by in case things go a little sideways. A while ago, and of course, one of the concerns with everything that I have is freezing. And yeah, it's uh, <laughs> up here when it gets to minus 40, sometimes that's just what it is. So you got to kind of figure out if you're driving, your car's warmed up, there's a good chance your water might thaw out a little bit. It might not, but that's the chance I'm going to have to take because there's only so much room for what I can keep in my truck. But I got these uh, 99 or 95% alcohol uh, sanitizer wipes. So these stay unfrozen in theory, no matter how cold it gets, something to wash and clean yourself up with. Also something we keep down in the cubby hole. This is probably the item that I have used the most other than my booster cables for my preparedness items in the car. And that's a roll of Costco toilet paper with the center taken out, squished down and thrown in a large Ziploc bag. That sits there till it gets down to about half. Then I add another roll to it. Nothing worse than getting caught short on the side of the highway somewhere and having to run out in a farmer's field and needing to cut up a shirt or rags for doing your business. So don't forget toilet paper. I know some people never want to lean against a tree, but I am telling you, toilet paper is an essential preparedness item. <laughs> Sanitation, whatever, right? Then we keep a can of sun, uh, sunscreen. We keep a can of bug spray, which I forgot in the house, but I get the deep woods 35% DEET. I know a lot of people hate that stuff, but man, that works for the Alberta bugs. Pair of gloves, just in case you got to do something dirty. Uh, I've already got it packed in, but I also keep my um, plug kit that you guys have seen me talk about quite a bit lately. Keep that in the vehicle. Now, I don't personally have a vehicle inflator that I keep in the car all the time. I do need to get one. But I love my DeWalt one so much that anytime we're going on a, say, a longer than two hour trip, 
I throw that underneath the seat. It's just really big and takes up a lot of real estate. So I definitely need to get one of those, but when we're taking long trips, the DeWalt inflator comes with me. Speaking of DeWalt, DeWalt multi-tool, that's a pair of pliers and a knife all together, plus a bunch of other things. I use that all the time, probably the third most often item used in the car. Uh, iPhone charger, we also keep one of those in that bag, I forgot to mention. And this is one that I don't keep sealed up in that bag because when it gets cold, you need to charge it more often. So I try to check on it once a month, but that's a, an anchor battery pack. Some extra juice just in case something happens, you're sitting in the car and you have absolutely no power whatsoever. And then also, whenever we go out for wings, I try to keep myself clean and then save the wipes. I love these little individual packages. Open them up, throw them away, you're done. And then we also keep, just in case we're traveling, uh, some of these pre-packaged forks, knives, and napkins. They're just really nice, self-contained. Because what I end up finding is, Say you throw in a bunch of disposable napkins and a bunch of disposable knives and a bunch of disposable forks. Well, then they just make an entire mess in your bag. But if they're these little Chinese-style takeout, uh, all-in-one wrapped-up kits, at least they stay contained and together. And you never know when you're going to need a fork, especially. Especially when we travel, but we just keep a bunch in the car. Sound like an old man, I know, but you never, ever know when you just might need some cutlery. Flashlight. Always important, even though you have one on your phone, never hurts to have one. That one's on flash there. I don't want to show you too much, but there you go. Nice, strong LED flashlight in case you got to walk after dark. Just something else to keep you going. An absolute essential up in Canada. Now, I normally just keep... So this is minus 40 stuff. You can switch out between bug and winter up here. Now, the, I always keep an extra jug of this under the back seat because there have been so many times over the years when I was less prepared, I'd be on a long trip somewhere and I'd run out of windshield washer middle of the night or middle of the highway and it's like, oh, what do you do? So now I just keep the minus 40 stuff under the back seat. In the summer, yeah, I'll put the cheaper bug stuff in the actual reservoir, but instead of having to switch it in and out all the time, I just keep the minus 40 stuff there because... If you haven't lived in a cold environment where your windshield can ice up like that, this stuff can be absolutely essential and a life-saving tool sometimes. So never get caught without one of those. One other tip that I've got for you, it's one of them do as I say, don't uh, not as I do sometimes, but I do try to keep an extra windshield wiper underneath the back seat as well. I don't have one for this new truck yet. I'm going to add that, but also be comfortable with changing out windshield wipers because you never know if you're in a drop dead. Of course, they're going to break when you need them because you're using them and that's when they break. But if you're in an awful downpour of a storm and you end up breaking a windshield wiper and you're 50 miles from the next gas station, it'd sure be nice to be able to pull over on the side of the road, change that out in two minutes and be good to go. So another tip. Now, these guys right here, I'm not going to lift them up. These are heavy. These guys take up the most real estate of anything, but they are worth it. Those are my, you've seen me recommend these booster cables before. Those right there take up their entire under the floor cubby uh, behind the driver's seat. But I use them more often for other people than I do for myself. But when you have a good set of booster cables, these are 25 feet or 30 feet long, I can't remember. They're one gauge, they're never gonna melt, they're never gonna heat up on you to the point where they're unsafe. And you can boost somebody by being parked behind them with your four-way flashers on. So say you gotta go out, you meet somebody on the interstate, 
and you need to pull up behind them, boost them, they have no hazard lights. You can park behind them with your hazard lights on, run your 25 feet of booster cable up to them and boost them while parked behind them, keeping them safe, keeping you safe. But that is absolutely the item that I use the most, maybe. I've probably said that about four things. There's about four items in here that I use all the time, and then most of them are just in case. All right, so I hope that kind of helps. I'm going to pack all this up. I'm going to take it out to the truck, put it in its spot, show you where we keep it, and then we'll wrap up. So, okay, so I'll show you where I keep everything, just to give you some ideas. The items that we grab the most, along with a tape measure and a pen, of course, my uh, multi-tool, my flashlight, my wipes, and my uh, cutlery. Keep that all in the front armrest because that's the type of place we need to grab and go with it. Now, come around back. This new truck is a little bit smaller for space. Not super keen on it. I got this flap thing in here, which I don't know. I think it's for flat storage and whatnot. But so we're able to get the, the blue flat pack bag down there. Had to put the wipes there because this guy is a little bit tight. It'll absolutely fit. I'll just down in and we're good set it and forget it squeeze I think these bins are maybe just a little bit smaller now there is a liner in there that I could have taken out but that's okay so these come down now which is kind of cool and I always find even when we used to pack it down there you go once you put the heavy seat on it it's fine so there are the booster cables made to just barely fit in there, I think. And then, just a matter of shutting the whole thing off. Oh, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was a way to force me to get this done because I'd been procrastinating for a little bit and I really wanted to show you guys what it is that we keep in our vehicle. And as always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week. Good morning guys, Toolman Tim here. Welcome back to the workshop where we build business, create community, find freedom, and share success. It's Monday morning, which means it's time for another money-making minute. And this week, I want to talk about a tire plug kit, how to use it, what to get, and is it worth it, and do they work? Alright guys, if you're new here and you want to know more about who I am, run by toolmantim.co. That's toolmantim.co. You'll find my social media presence, the monthly newsletter sign up, the weekly podcast, and of course the shop where I show showcase over a hundred different Amazon products that I've used in my business that have made me money or saved me money. So if you're looking for a solution to a problem, run by there and check it out. All right, and of course, one of those products actually happens to be one of these tire plug kits, something that I use on a regular basis. The fact that I've only got one plug left in this kit should show you that either I chew them for bubble gum or I actually use them, and in this case, I use them. So I had to plug my daughter's tire the other day, and I thought before I did it, I'd get her to record so I could show you the process if you've never done one before. And I thought quickly we'd run over what comes in a tire plug kit and what the hell these things even are. I hadn't even heard of one up until maybe five, six years ago. Eh, maybe seven. Anyway, I had to make a trip across the country and I thought, ah, I know what I need. A tire plug kit. So I bought one, threw it in the bottom of the uh, storage cubby in the van. Never thought any more of it. Never learned how to use it. Didn't have a way to inflate a tire. Pretty much dumb. Bought one of them and never thought anything more. 
So then a couple years later, I thought, man, I really got to learn how to use this thing. So I ended up, I had an extra spare off an old truck that I traded away and kept the spare by mistake. So I decided to learn on that. And it's a good thing I did because if anybody had been around, they'd have heard me cuss and swear up a blue streak. These things are difficult to use when you first get started, but once you get the hang of it, they're actually not that bad. So take your time, practice somewhere on an old tire that doesn't matter with no stress instead of laying on the side of the road on the interstate with cars zooming by trying to figure out how to make this work. So what comes in a tire plug kit? Well, this, the inexpensive Victor one is one I've uh, recommended for a long time now, and I've got a more expensive all metal tool, all metal body tool coming soon. And when I get that in, I'll do a review on that to show you. But so what comes in the kit? Really just a couple of things. The rasp, that's this guy right here, he's pointy. You'll see in the video, but he's for going in and out of the plug area that uh, you're gonna need to put the plug in. So once you pull the old, uh, whatever it happens to be, screw nail out of there, then you ream this back and forth to make it big enough. This is the plug holder and inserter tool, whatever. And these are the tools. They stick like bubble gum on a hot summer's afternoon. They're hard to get out of there, but they're tough as nails. You pull one out, you thread it through, that right there, you almost need to thin it down a little bit. Sometimes I use my teeth, don't do that because you'll break one. Get it in there, push the plug, you get it halfway through so it's out on both sides, push the plug three quarters of the way in and boom, yank it back out. When you do that, if you got it seated right, you've got an airtight seal that's good for 100,000 miles. Well, they don't say it is, but it can be for sure. Um, so like I said, first time you do it, you might get discouraged. Uh, it's frustrating, it's hard, it's difficult, but it's a skill worth learning. It is harder than it looks, but once you do it a few times, you'll absolutely get used to it. The front tires are easier than the back because if you can get parked in a spot with the piece, say, say it's a nail for instance, if you can get parked with that nail on the top part of the tire and have your tire angled like you're turning, so that you have access to it without the wheel well, that's beautiful. You'll see the one that I plugged on the car, on my daughter's little car, there was that much room on the back, so I had to do it on an angle, a lot harder to get pressure. So if you can push down, do it. If it's the back one and you're in a real hard way, you can always jack it up, take the tire off, do it and then put it back on. But if you're in a hurry and wanna get it done, you can absolutely plug them with air in them sitting on the car. When you push the plug in, make sure it goes in about three quarters of the way or a little bit less. I used to just kind of push it in a bit and say, oh, that should be good. Pull it back out and you hear that noise. So make sure you get it in three quarters of the way. Give it a quick yank. You should be all set. And a couple other items to keep in your tire repair kit that don't come with a lot of them. Give yourself an, uh, maybe a cheap throwaway pair of pliers, vice grips, something. You're going to need something to pull that, uh, whatever the sharp object happens to be, out of the tire. So keep a pair of vice grips or pliers in there. That works good. Then maybe a sharp, really sharp utility knife blade wrapped up in tape. Because when you're done, you get the plug in there, you're going to have those two little rabbit ears sticking out. And the last thing you want is them beating, pounding on the pavement and maybe loosening up the plug. So I always trim it back just above the rubber on the tire. So use that. And then of course, something to inflate your tire. I love my DeWalt inflation station. You might find some uh, 12 volt battery cigarette lighter ones that you can plug in that are pretty good as well, but I'll put a link to the inflator in there. And that's really just about it guys. So I figured why not cut to some footage of me absolutely struggling, show you guys the process from start to finish. I cut out my curse words. So, you know, we could keep this a G rated family program. 
And yeah, we'll show you how it works and then we'll come back and finish up. So you see that, right? Can you get right down? There is your screw right there. So what we did was I got her to roll ahead because these tires are tight. If it's the front tire, you can end up turning it on an angle and getting it out so you can work on it. The back tires are a pain in the nuts. So what you need to do is get it right where you can work on it. So now we are. Next thing I'm gonna do is grab a hold of it with the pliers and see if we can pull it out. First thing I'm gonna do before that is I'm gonna prep the plug. Next thing we need is the rasp. We're going to push that in the hole a few times to open up the hole a little bit bigger, which is kind of funny, but now this is where it can be a real pain. Oh, that's okay. This is why we set the emergency brake. There we go. So what you want to do is work your way back and forth, wiggle it in and out. If it don't fit, wiggle it a bit. Sometimes it's easier to have air in the tire too. <clears throat> All right, lift. Let's grab the air compressor. We'll pump it up. That'll give us a little. Sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you do. Of course, the tire's in a bad spot. That is what it looks like, Livy. Mm -hmm. And we'll trim it off. Hi, Maui. And then. <laughs> there you go. That should be it. And then some soap around it. Make sure there's no bubbles. And Bob's your uncle. All right, so what'd you think of that? It's not as bad as you think, but it's definitely a skill worth learning. So if you got any questions, throw them in the comments below. I'd love to answer them. Always look forward to talking to you guys. Always look forward to spending time in the workshop with you. So as always, guys, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.
Morning guys, Toolman Tim here. Welcome back to the workshop where we build business, create community, find freedom, and share success. It's Tuesday morning, which means it's time for another installment of Toolbox Tuesday. And as always, I've got an interesting, practical, whatever you want to call it, product to share with you this week. And if you're into emergency preparedness and needing to have a generator, backup power, and that sort of thing, beyond a generator, beyond a good fuel storage, one of the next most important things you need is the boring everyday extension cord. And of course, as you know, I like to scour Amazon. I like to find things that are reasonably priced and a good quality with the features that I need. And I do believe that this extension cord right here Alright guys, real quick before we dive into the review, if you want to know more about who I am, toolmantim.co. Run by there, you'll see all my social media links, my past podcast appearances, the email newsletter, and most importantly, toolmantim.shop, which is on that same site. You'll find over 100 links to Amazon products that I've used in my handyman business that have either made me money or saved me money. A ton of different categories. We got uh, household, painting supplies, hand tools, cordless tools, landscaping, preparedness items, a whole bunch of different things that meet the Toolman Tim seal of approval. So run by there, check that out. That's toolmantim.co. All right, guys. So this week, I figured I would talk about the single most boring item that I could review. Well, maybe not the most boring. Maybe that'd be like a sheet of paper or something, but an extension cord. I talk about them all the time. We talk about how important they are. You use them in your workshop, you use them on the job site, and of course we use them when the power's out and we have to run power from our generator. For a long time I've used the yellow jacket ones. They're really good. They're a little on the pricier side, but extension cords, when they're full of this kind of copper of a good quality, you're going to pay for them. Now, they've been getting harder and harder to find in Canada. There's less of an availability on Amazon. And I thought, you know what? I've had really good luck with a lot of those Amazon imported products. I've had some bad luck too, but they have a really good return policy. Why not pick up a couple, test them out, and see how these work? So this guy is pronounced D-E-W-E-N-W-I-L-S. I don't know. I can't pronounce it. All these names, I don't know. Anyway. If you know how to pronounce it, maybe you can spell it out for me in the uh, description, but it's D-E-W-E-N-W-I-L-S. Right there. All right. So for me, some people need longer than a 25-foot extension. My, my generator is going to be around 20 feet from the back door. That brings everything in, and then I can run maybe a smaller extension cord or, or whatever. Anyway, 25 feet tend to work well for me. They tend to be the sweet spot. They're not too short and they're not too long. You go any longer, you're going to need to go with a thicker gauge extension cord as well. I get this a lot. People are like, well, Tim, what gauge extension cord do I need? Or more importantly is, Tim, why do you only buy a 14.3 extension cord? And that's simple, because at a 25-foot run, you don't need any more than a 14-gauge wire. Some people say, well, I like 12, and that's okay. If you like 12, go with 12. But as far as the power requirements for any 1,500-watt, 15-amp appliance that you can plug into a normal 110 outlet, 14-gauge is all you need. 14.3 has the ground prong on it. You can plug anything into it. It has the, the three-prong the three adapters there on the end. So hopefully that settles that. As far as 
Why I go with that? Now, if I went to a 50-footer, then yes, I'm going to want to go down to a 12-gauge uh, extension cord. And again, you're going to pay more money. But if you're keeping your runs to 25 feet, 14.3 is all you need, at least in my opinion. If you want to go overkill, great. I bought a couple of these. I've tested them out. Uh, they run well. They don't get hot. Uh, of course, I haven't been able to test it at its minus 40 capabilities that it says, because you guys know that's important up here in Canada. <laughs> Gets cold, and when I used to work in the oil patch and we had these heavy-duty extension cords that we used to plug our rig in to keep them warm, they would end up cracking because the cold would be uh, just so bad on their, on their rubber jacket and coating. So we'll see this winter, but as far as the flexibility in the heat and not overheating, with uh, 1500 watt items running in it, absolutely. I even read some reviews on Amazon and a guy had a um, toaster oven running on this for like an hour straight and it never overheated. So that's a good sign. So what do I look for in a good extension cord? Number one, right price. Number two, flexibility. Number three, visibility. And number four, hopefully more than just a single outlet on the end of the extension cord. So when I started looking around, this thing checked off all four boxes of my requirements for a top quality extension cord. So to me, I thought, let's give this thing a shot. So number one price, this compared to the yellow jacketed extension cords is about $3 less. And the yellow jacket, same one, 25 foot, 14.3, only comes with a single outlet on the other end. So as far as price goes, 10% better than the yellow jacket. That's about as good as you're going to get on Amazon because all extension cords are made out of copper and they're all having to deal with the fact that copper is not cheap. Number two, flexibility. Again, I can only tell you for the heat so far, I'll do another review in the winter time, but this is supposed to be good from minus 40 Fahrenheit to 140 Fahrenheit. So if you're working above 140 Fahrenheit, you probably shouldn't be outside doing things. And if you're working below minus 40, well, good luck. It rarely gets that here, and I can't imagine it gets where most of you guys are watching this from. Now, visibility, that's a big one. You know, I'll buy pink ones, green ones, blue ones, yellow ones. They all show up really good. And so, of course, the yellow jackets are all that way too. But what I like about this is the light-up ends. You see that translucent end there? When you plug it in, you get that little orange glow. Never having to guess when you've got it plugged in on the other end of the generator and you go to the house, you're like, did I plug that in? Did it hit the breaker? Did I turn the power on? All of the above. You know. So that saves you a ton of time when you're troubleshooting because if you don't have power there, you know, you you can look at it and you're like, okay, good. I'm good. I've got power. That's all I need to know. It saves you a ton of time because I've ended up going back and trying five or six different things simply because I didn't have power. So if you have that plugged in, you get to the house, good. I know I'm good to go. And number four, of course, is multiple ends on the outlet. And that's what I was hoping for. I couldn't find even a listing for a yellow jacket cord with three ends. I'm sure there is on Amazon, but I did some digging. This guy supersedes that, of course. It has the three on the end. Now, I like the splitters. They're really good. But what I really like about this, the triple tap on the end of it, is the fact that it's one less item, one less accessory that can go to fault. So say you got a, a one prong or a one outlet extension cord, you plug that three prong in, that's one more thing that can come loose when you're putting it all together. So if it's all attached in part of the extension cord, all the better it is. So yes, this guy is about $3 less, about 10% less than the yellow jacket, and it includes a triple tap on the end. So to me, I thought, you know, it's really worth it. And I've had really good luck with them so far. In the bit of time that I've had them and used them, I've really liked them. 
And if you're wondering what other people think about it, it's got a 4.8 star review out of over 200 on Amazon. Not a ton of reviews, but 4.8 is really good. So I thought, you know what? Other people like it. I read through the reviews. Everybody says it does what it needs to do. It's an extension cord. You plug it in, it gives you power. So if you can save money on an extension cord, all the better. I told you, you know, 14.3 is all I use for a 25-footer. It works great for me. If you want to go overkill and spend extra money on a 12, all the better. At the time of filming this, it's about $24 American for this guy. But again, these prices fluctuate depending on the worldwide price of copper. But if you're looking for an extension cord that meets the Toolman Tim seal of approval, this guy right here. I'll put the link in the description below so you guys can check it out. I know that extension cords can be a bit boring, but you know, if you're a 40-year-old guy like me, it's one of the things that gets you out of bed in the morning. <laughs> you like this kind of stuff. And I know you guys are always looking for good recommendations. That's why I pick up some of this stuff, give it a go, test it out, and then report back to you, good, bad, or ugly. All right, guys, that's it for me on this extension cord for this week. If you're new and you want to see five videos a week, hit that subscribe button. We've got tool and preparedness stuff coming out all the time. And if you do hit the subscribe button and you're new, introduce yourself in the description or in the uh, comments below. I'd love to know who you are so we can interact as a community. If you guys have any, any suggestions on any other extension cords you'd like to see me try out or any other items, period, you'd like to see me review, let me know because I get probably 50% or more of my video ideas straight from you guys, the community. And if it's stuff you want to see and it's stuff I want to make, I know it's stuff you'll want to watch. So thanks, guys. And you know, I always appreciate you dropping by and hanging out with me here in the workshop. So as always, guys, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week. Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. Welcome back to the workshop where we build business, create community, find freedom, and share success. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for another Tool Time Gear review. And I've got a slightly different one for you this week. This week, I've been working through some of my more popular videos, some of the ones that I get the most questions asked. So here this week, I want to do a one year later review on my Joan, J-O-A-A-N, Amazon Basic security system. How much I love it, what I've learned, what you guys have asked me, and would I still buy it one year later. Guys, real quick, if you're new here, if this is the first time watching a video from my channel and you want to know more about who I am, toolmantim.co. Run by there. It'll show you my social media links, the monthly newsletter, the weekly podcast, and the shop where I got over 100 products recommended that I've used in my business that have made me money or saved me money. Solutions to problems like I spilled paint on vinyl siding and I need to clean it up. What do I do? So run by there. Check that out. So last year's video when I started this security system, I started... Just this old fella with the big grizzly beard sitting down in my office, rambling to myself with the green walls. I thought, hey, let's start out in the shop, break up the monotony for you guys a little bit. So we'll cut down here in just a second to the office. You'll see the security system in action. I'll share with you some of the things I've learned over the last year and uh, at least two upgrades. Yeah, at least two upgrades I've made to it that I've really enjoyed so far. So let's cut to that and I'll see you in a minute. Alright guys, so here I am down in my wonderful lime green office. The one room in the house that hasn't been painted in the two plus years we've lived here, so I hope you enjoy it. But I couldn't figure out a better way to display the camera, the system, all while it's running. It's basically where I had it last year, except I had it lower, moved it up to the upper shelf. It sits just above my camera where I do my live streams from, 
and it seems to be tucked away and works really well. So I thought I'd slam through some of the questions that people have asked in the reviews from last year before, and uh, we'll go from there. So the first one was, hey, can you still record on this system without internet? And yes, what I absolutely love about this system is it's 100% self-contained. As long as you pick yourself up a hard drive to go in your PVR, you're all set. It'll record, there's just no way to access it except being physically around the PVR. So if you're using this as a, an off-grid recording system, you're going to have to physically go there to download your video. You get about a month's uh, storage capacity, which I'll talk about. But yes, you do not need the internet. The only thing you need the internet for is a hardwired connection in the back so that you can access uh, remotely through the app. So you have to hook this up hardwired so that you can then access Wi-Fi through the app to see your recordings. Uh, number two, can you help me figure out the motion settings? So they're a little bit complicated, but they're not too bad. You basically just go in here, you right click, bring up the settings, and it's going to say motion detect. And basically all that does is it just records any time that there is motion involved. When I first did the review, I didn't realize that was even an option. So yes, there is an option in here to just record when there's motion. However, there's not an option to send you a text or an SMS alert or anything like that to let you know that there's um, basically motion. So the plus side to it is you can record for weeks or months because you're only recording when there's something physically moving on the screen. The downside is it just doesn't send you an alert. So then someone else again said, what's the need for the internet connection if all the storage is internal? Well, again, it's totally off-grid. It's wonderful for that. But if you want to be able to access it remotely, you have to have a Wi-Fi hardwired connection to allow you to connect to the Wi-Fi. The next one is, what do you need to be able to see the cameras on your phone? Well, you know, I've talked about it. Hardwired in the back, and then the Denali, D-A-N-A-L-E app in the iPhone or Android store. Get it hooked up. And it took me a few minutes to get it running, but once I had it running, it was absolutely great. Now, here's something. I had someone ask me a while back, and I even I made a mistake. I need to correct it in my original review. But I said, there's no way to access previously viewed footage from your phone. When I'd been playing with the app, all I could find was the live feed. Anyway, you can go into the app and find previously viewed. You go into device, DVR, and then it allows you to access it back through. So that's wonderful. Once I found that, that blew me out of the water. So I apologize in the previous review. I hadn't found it, couldn't find it. The app isn't super intuitive, so play around with it, but you will find that in there. So what, out of the box, because I love this Amazon security system. I have used it, like I said, it's like a silent soldier sitting there 24-7 all the time just recording in case something happens. What do you need out of the box? Well, it's gone back and forth. Over the last year, I've looked at the listings. I've, I've probably sold, through my Amazon affiliates, a dozen or so of these. The video has been viewed almost 6,000 times. And depending on when you buy it, look at the description. It'll either say no drive or drive included. So if it says no drive, you need to buy a hard drive. You need a hardwired Ethernet cable if you want to be able to access through the internet. And one other thing I added was an old LCD computer monitor TV screen so that I could watch it here and access it without needing to uh, pull it off onto a computer. That's really all you need. But for the price of it, wow, is it ever awesome. Then I had another question from uh, another community member, and they wanted to know, does it come with all the wires you need to uh, install all of your cameras and that's a resounding yes every one of them I've got a big house it's like well it's not huge but around uh, 40 feet long and about 24 feet wide 
and I never had any issue running all of the cables that I needed that came included, including the AC adapter, down the side of the house, down underneath the siding, and in through the basement. They all worked great. I had to have, wanted to have hardwired simply because I find a wireless signal can get interrupted, and our Wi-Fi has been really crappy lately around here. It just keeps dropping, we're losing it. So I am so glad I went with hardwired. So after using it for a year, I've realized, yes, I get about a month of storage with the two terabyte hard drive. I've got five cameras now, so I made an upgrade, so we'll talk about that. I bought an extra uh, 1080p hardwired security camera. You just want to make sure that it comes with a coax and an AC, uh, AC power cable. The only thing mine didn't come with was an AC adapter, and this set only comes with a splitter for four. So if you want to power the new camera, you need to have its own separate AC adapter. So look to uh, order one of those when you order the rest. I'll have links to all that because I love, I, I needed, we had a blind spot on the back of the house. I couldn't really get a close up of the back door and that's where everybody comes and goes. So I added a fifth camera. I was able to eliminate my old pan, tilt, zoom, wish camera that I had up there. The only thing I missed about it was it had uh, two-way audio. These don't have audio, which is a shame, but it's neither here nor there. Now, the one I bought ended up being maybe not quite as clear as the four that came with this. So I swapped one of these out for my backdoor camera and used the other one for the big wide angle camera. And that has worked really well. Came with way too long of a cable. I got way too much extra, but it was cheap and it installed super easy. Uh, the connections are a bit of a pain. The coax are so hard on the fingers and they're so close together to get them connected. You almost need needle nose pliers to snap them into place and unsnap them. But then the AC adapter power cables are the complete opposite. They tend to want to fall apart. So I taped them all together and I was still having a drop signal every so often. I retaped them all and it's been really, really good. But just be careful because there's really no friction fit. They just kind of slide in together. And if you're not careful, they'll absolutely just kind of pull apart and then you lose your signal. You don't want that. So as far as low wattage goes, this entire system, including the monitor, is 13 watts. Ran it through. I included that in the last video, but I want you guys to know this is incredible off-grid option for video surveillance systems. So what do I plan on this uh, for down the road? I'd love to get another camera on the outside of my shop. The problem is it's out beyond the backyard, which you really can't see, back past the hot tub, all the way back there. And I don't know how I'm going to get a hardwired cable connection through there. We'll see. But what I found was when I had these four plus the Wish camera, I was using two different apps, two different interfaces, and it was a real pain in the butt. So I wanted to have everything centralized into one app. That's why I added the fifth camera to the back. And I will figure out, I'll probably run conduit or something and get it out to the back of the house, um, maybe facing toward the garage. But I need something to keep an eye on all my tools. It's the only thing outside of my backyard fence. Two things, uh, the USB port on the back, I've never used it to export footage. I'm sure it works great, but it's not a feature I obviously needed. And in the last video, I mentioned I'd love to get a UPS, a universal power supply. Haven't done it yet. I probably will with the generator. It's not as important, but I am going to order a couple and this will be one of the few things that's plugged in. So it's uninterrupted. So as far as one year later goes, am I happy with it? Yes. Would I have bought it again? Yes. Was it worth the money? Yes. You guys sensing a theme here? I absolutely love this damn camera. As far as inexpensive, it was like 200 bucks Canadian and it came with basically everything I needed uh, except for the uh, hard drive. And on the US, it's even cheaper. So check it out. If you guys are looking for something on Amazon that is, man, it's basically dirt cheap and it just works. What I love about this thing, 
quick story. So <laughs> we were away, three hours away. We spent, we were spending a couple of nights in a hotel and uh, my mother-in-law's dog had an accident. He was okay, thank goodness, but we had to come back early. And when we came back, just luckily so, it was on a Saturday afternoon, almost an evening, my garage door was wide open. I thought, somebody must have broke in. What the hell went on? I couldn't figure it out. I, I had the camera. Give me peace of mind. I went back through, and I'm watching the neighborhood kids play up and down the alley, and all of a sudden, the door just opens on its own. Interference or something. You can see the little girl. She goes, oh, what happened there? And then she goes on to keep playing. But if I hadn't had the camera, I would have always thought, Somebody was in my garage. What the hell did they steal? Why did they leave my garage door open? And it freaked me out. Anyway, it did turn out that I had a faulty garage door opener. And down the road, that's what was causing interference with my cordless mic as well. So I eliminated it. But at the time, I wouldn't have had peace of mind. So if nothing else, it paid for itself on that one day alone. But I love, you know, if we're away and the dogs are out in the yard, we can uh, log in and check on the dogs just to make sure they're not being idiots. Uh, you know, we can see if parcels have been left. If a parcel goes missing, that's a whole other story. All of that. So if you're looking for a low-cost, high-quality, hardwired security system from Amazon, the Joan, J-O-O-A-N, is the way to go. I'll meet you back out in the shop. All right, guys, so I hope you enjoyed that look at the security system one year later. I know I love it more now than I did before. It's just like the silent soldier that just sits there watching guard all the time. The thing has worked great. So if you have any questions regarding this security system, where to get it, all that, the links are in the description below. Leave me a comment or a question if you're new. I'd love to meet you, learn who you are. You can interact and share your knowledge with the community. So thanks, guys. And as always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week. Thanks again, guys, for dropping by the weekly workshop. A new edition drops every week, so keep an eye out. And if you're looking for a solution to such problems as I spilled paint on vinyl siding or I can't get this heavy picture to stay on the wall, stop by toolmantim.co and check out the Today's Tool section where I share products and tools that have either made me money or saved me money personally or in my long-running year-round handyman business. And if you found value in this content, please take a moment and share it on your social platform of choice. And as always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.